Vader. The fleet has moved down to flight speed and we're preparing to... You have failed me for the last time, Admiral. Captain Piet. Yes, my lord. Make ready to land our troops beyond their energy field and deploy the fleet so that nothing gets off the system. You are in command now, Admiral Piet. Thank you, Lord Vader. Welcome to the Wampa's Lair Podcast. Deep in the bowels of the frozen ice caverns of Hawk, our hosts, Carl LeClaire, Jason Hunt, and Katie Horn, discuss all things Star Wars. So join the conversation and hang out here in the Wampa's Lair. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Wampa's Lair podcast. This is episode number 312, Deploy the Fleet. I am, as always, one of your hosts, Jason Hunt, and with me, the Admiral Piet and Admiral Ray Sloan. To my Admiral Ozzel, we have Carla Claire and Katie Horn. Ah, yes, I'm Ray Sloan! Yes! Sorry, I, I, I forgot, I forgot Firmus. I forgot to use his full name, Carl. Yes! Admiral Firmus Piet. That's right, Admiral Firmus Piet. What's Ozzel's first name? Kendall. Kendall? Kendall Ozzel. Kendall Ozzel. Seems like a good name for him. He is like a, you know, a Ken doll that everybody wants to play with. Yeah, right? So. <laughs> I love that I'm Sloan because that basically means that Hux is my adoptive son. I'm just like, <laughs> don't any of you touch him. <laughs> oh, so you're the one who babied him. Yeah, um, 1000%. Yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, Ray Sloan is up. such a great character. Such a great character. Those that aftermath trilogy was so much fun. Oh, it's so good! I want to spoil it right now. I just please, please don't because um, I just downloaded the first um, of the the trilogy onto my Audible account. So uh, today, fair enough. Spoiler (laughs) alert: the um, the 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 uh, there there are Star Wars characters in it. Yeah. Well, okay. Thanks. I (laughs) I hoped so. I hoped so. Spoiler um, alert, you're going to fall in love with Ray Sloan. Spoiler <laughs> alert, Firmus Piet does not make an appearance. Aw, <laughs> oh, dang. I know. Spoiler Sucks. alert, neither does Ozzel. Um, oh. <laughs> spoiler alert, neither does um, uh, um, uh, uh, Mal- <laughs> That's oh. what I was going for. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> Malakili, a Star Wars story. Oh, where's um, that spinoff? That, oh where is that spinoff? That should be a TV series. Everybody, yes! everybody, <gasps> everybody needs more of our shirtless wonder. Yeah, oh um, my God. It'll that be would like be that amazing. Like, be like every every week, every episode, there's a spotlight on a new creature. It's like it's, it could be called Malakili's Menagerie. That's that's the oh. title. Yeah, there you go. Oh, it's, yes. it, he, he's got a zoo post Jabba that he has to yes. take care of, and it's all about how he collects the animals for his zoo. Oh, his magical, magical menagerie. Yeah, because oh, he I definitely love- survived there. He wasn't on. He wasn't on the skiff. No, 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 no. no, no. He's just the he innkeeper. 
I he was he cleaning like, out the pit, the Rancor pit. Yeah, yeah. Like, burying the Rancor. Right. Oh, he no. was like, no. I need, I need some time. I, I, you know, he just lost his Rancor, and he's like, I need, I'm taking a personal day. I need some time. And Jabba was like, I completely understand. And just like, <laughs> <laughs> that, like one time, Jabba shows compassion. Of course, it's to Malakili. Yeah, I love it. Malakili's magical menagerie. You gotta love that alliteration. I um, well, anyway, before story. we keep getting, <laughs> before we continually get off topic here, uh, let's give you the topic for for this week's episode. So we each picked just something from Star Wars that's been on our mind a lot lately that we're going to just bring up today on the show. We're each going to get a little segment to talk about what's been on our mind and just have a little discussion about it. I'm very excited about it. Oh, me too. Yeah. Ah! Oh, yeah. But of course, before we get to all of that fun stuff, and I'm so excited to hear what you guys have to say, by the by, um, we did have a matchup from last week's episode where we put uh, the aides of our beloved Lando Calrissian against one another. So a matchup of Lobot versus L337. And what say the Larians, good Mr. Hunt? Oh, well, they said quite a bit. Um, I gathered up all of our uh, – our t- I tallied up all of our responses here, and we got some pretty uh, pretty fun stuff, including just some people sending in uh, awesome uh, gifts uh, for us <laughs> to be inter- entertained and amused by, uh, including Lobot breakdancing from uh, Robot Chicken uh, and some rather <laughs> awesome L3 stuff as well. Um, but <laughs> – our our final tally, and there was a lot of people who were just like picking things because oh I think this or I like this you know person more than that person. There wasn't a lot of like deep combat discussion, which I think is appropriate for these characters. Um, <laughs> but um, our final ta- Larian tally ended up with fourteen for Lobot. And ten for L three. Oh, um, Lobot was cited as being, uh, you know, the secret ninja uh, once or twice, and then L three, um, you know, was praised for starting a droid rebellion and that sort of thing. So th- those were those were some of the pros for each. Um, so I got to ask though, where do you guys fall, Carl? Lobot, drop the mic. <laughs> Just done. done. Out. Done. All right. Done. All right. Lobot. Lobot for days. But the only person I think that could actually take Lobot out is like maybe Yoda. So. Um, wow. Wow. So to be fair, it's not like it's not like hating on L three. L three is a great character, but she's no Lobot. So. I mean, I, I I do recall somebody uh, quoting us as saying that that Lobot is the best character in Star Wars. He's better than Obi Wan. Quoting us in our top five Obi Wan's episode when we got off topic at the end of the show, Fair enough. saying that Lobot was better. So love it. Um, <laughs> no, I so I remember we have lot, a, had our own words turned against us, Carl. Well, yeah, there was a lot of speculation, you know, before Solo came out that L three would potentially become Lobot, right? Like that like Lando would have taken what was left of her and like put her brain into Lobot, right? There was a lot of that speculation before Solo. And I, I still kind of wish that had happened. I mean, it makes sense that she's part of the Falcon as well. Um, but I would have loved that Lobot was L3. Um, but crazy. Yeah. yeah. Oh my and, gosh. It'd be like this weird comment, not weird, but like this commentary uh, on like gender almost, because like we see her as a female droid and then she's put into the body of a man. Who's quite like, androgynous. Let's be, let's be honest. Like while he is, that a man, too. he's quite that androgynous. Too. That's exactly I mean, it. Yeah. He, he's almost like him. an Android. You don't really know if he's mm. actually a human or, or not. Yeah. If you're just looking at him. Don't we? Right. Know, like, 
I feel like oh, we do so we good. learn a little bit more about him in the Lando comic that they did. We 100%. do. Yes, yeah. we we do. He's actually a person that right. had a computer installed in him, much the way that uh, Ezra's friend Sebo did in uh, right, Rebels. That's right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then, but he had to. I think it. I forget exactly what happened, but I think he had to like, you know, do some stuff in an Imperial computer uh, to save Lando, and the computer took over his mind, and now he's. Yeah. More machine now than man. Twisted and, and delightful. Emotionless. <laughs> uh, twisted and emotionless. So um yeah. Yeah. So he's he's definitely more computer. Um and he he was always kind of fighting the computer, taking over his brain anyways, but he had yeah. to stop that in order to save Lando. So yeah. well there's actually a great part in the solo novel where L3, um, sorry, this is a bit of a spoiler if you haven't read the novel and you plan to, so I apologize. But there, when they put L3 into the Falcon's computer, L3 is kind of combating becoming part of the Falcon. Um, mm. And her, her struggle is is she feels like the Falcon doesn't really have a deep purpose, right? Which, and of course, she's coming right out of her deep purposeful yeah. awakening, right? Like this calling, I found my purpose, Lando. Um, yeah. And there's this great little scene where she's having to, com- like she's communicating back and forth with the, the Falcon's computer. She doesn't want to be part of it, but the Falcon convinces her that she continue to do, she can continue to do wonderful things as part of the Falcon. I don't remember every minute little detail, but it's actually really cool that the Falcon kind of convinces L3 to give herself completely to the Falcon. And it basically tells yeah. her that she'll become more by giving herself to the Falcon. So, which actually kind of lined up with some of the L three points that were brought up in um, Blast Points, that Han and yeah. Lando novel. So, it's Blast Points. Mm-hmm. I think that's the title. Yes, Blast Shot. Blast Shot. Blast Shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> blast Points. That's not these Blast Points too accurate for sand people. <laughs> Only Imperial troopers are so precise. And, and then Luke turns to and goes, that- "And Lobot." <laughs> and Lobot. <laughs> <laughs> oh my uh, gosh! Can I tell you guys something? For please. the longest time. I thought Lobot was the mouse droids. Like <gasps> when people like <laughs> when people would say Lobot, I just assumed they were talking about the mouse droids for some reason. <laughs> I don't I don't know why. And I'm not sure where that was corrected. I just remember when when that finally clicked for me and I'm like, oh he's that's Lobot? Oh. Oh, I was like, wow, I'm really glad. I never like made that mistake out loud. <laughs> I was like, you guys look at the cute little lobots like rolling around on the floor. Oh like, my gosh, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> awesome. That is awesome. Katie, I don't like, know how that happened. Yeah. Katie's like, look at my, my favorite new lobot action figure. Like, Hey, it's a mouse droid. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? It's a lobot. He's low and a butt. On Ooh. The floor. <laughs> oh my God. That's awesome. That's where that, that's where that, connection was made um but katie sorry but yeah katie, yes. who do you who do you give this match up to i give it to l3 i just like her better That's fair. <laughs> which is enough of a reason <laughs> i feel like um i feel like uh you know she would like give uh give uh lobot a little one two and she'd be like i found my purpose it's punching you in the face punch punch like <laughs> 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 oh my gosh well you know she uh that one like mean guy that was yelling at her in the bar the way she like grabbed his face like yeah. i don't think she's to be messed with i think like yeah. i think she could take him but when he's like i'm gonna flip your switch good luck finding it i feel like lobo right? know exactly where it is though he just flip it uh well you know what okay then maybe she like she pretends to make nice so she's like let's be friends for lando mm. like 
He's what we have in common. Let's be friends. And so they go into shake, and then all of a sudden, buzzsaw pops like a buzzsaw. (laughs) 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 Just cuts him wide open. Yeah. I can see you looking at me. The first, first, uh, first, like... (laughs) Horror horror novel in Star Wars is L three gutting Lobot <laughs> with, yeah, her right. <laughs> ah. with her buzz saw. With her What about you, Jason? Oh, Who do you I, give it to? Well, I was not going anywhere that nearly that dark. Um, <laughs> but I can't use her buzz saw. Come on, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if we're gonna have a a, a combat, uh, yeah, sure, she could. Um, but <laughs> dear me. Um, I am going to give it to L3, though. Um, yes, Team Buzz. Ultimately, because she does become the Falcon, and the Falcon mm. is, uh, well, let's just say way better than the Lobot. Um, <laughs> the Falcon could squish him or shoot him or, yeah. you know, launch him out of an airlock or something. But, um, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it to, to L3 because we don't know what happens to Lobot in the end, but we do know L3 rose above who she was to become something greater. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. She uh, resurrected, so to speak, in a much more profound way. Um, I'm that, so sorry. I just got the mental image of Lobot being like six mouth droids in a transcript. <laughs> 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 At least I make myself laugh. That's what, that's what matters. That's my final tally here. <laughs> 15 for Lobot and 12 for L3. Oh my gosh. Oh, that's and now it. everyone is going to be confusing L, not L3, Lobot with Maustro. I love um, it. I love it. You're welcome. You. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Um, uh, Steve Glossens, uh after The Force Awakens came out, was like, I finally know what the mouse droids are saying. Lars and Becca. Yeah. <laughs> Lars and Becca. <laughs> so, That's so good. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um so we will have a poll for you at the end of the episode. Um that'll match yes. up with next week's topic. So certainly stick around for that. Also at the end of the episode. We are coming close to the end of the A New Hope radio drama. So at the, uh, at the end of this episode, we will be playing um, episode 12 of the A New Hope radio drama, The Case for Rebellion, which is actually one of my favorite episodes in the radio drama. So looking forward to uh, people's, people's responses to that. And this is the one where Luke Skywalker gets to fly in the simulator. Sure is. <laughs> and yes. he tries to convince – he and Han have a great conversation as he tries to convince Han to stay. It's much more prolonged than it is in the movie, which is awesome. So, it's a it's a great moment. But uh, anyway, yeah, stick around to the end. Yeah, stay tuned to the end of that the episode. Now, guys, before we get into the topic, and again, I'm very anxious to hear what you both want to talk about uh, on the episode. (laughs) Um, But we got a really fun question, a fun question in email from Jeremy Edwards, um, and I want to field this question first to you, Katie, because you are the Last Jedi expert. Um, nice. And, uh, Last Jedi. Last Jedi, according to your tweet today. Um, according to my Twitter, yeah. Um, but Jeremy asks, um, and he says, you know, I was surprised this didn't come up on your episode about Chewie. 
Um, and uh, it's a good point. And he says, what do you guys think Chewie says to Ray on the Falcon right before she leaves to go confront Ben Solo? So obviously, right, this is that moment where she says to Chewie, you know, you know, if you see Finn before I do, and then Chewie says something, and she goes, yeah, p- perfect, tell him that. Um, so mm-hmm. he's asking us what we think Chewie says. Katie, what do you think Chewie's saying to Ray there? Well, I, I have an answer because I can hear very firmly in my head what I think he's saying. But what I like about the moment is that I feel like it's the end of uh, Lost in Translation. Did you guys ever see that movie? I love that movie. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. Well, he like he. Yeah. He whispers in her ear at the end. And, and we don't know what he says. Yeah. And we don't know what he says. Yeah. And that's that's kind of the point. It's between them and. I think you're kind of supposed to put your own interpretation on it and, and get what you need out of that moment, you know, cause whatever mm-hmm. you believe he said is what you needed to hear. And it feels right. It's, it's a really good moment in cinema, just, you know, excellent. And I feel like this is a kind of a similar moment where what you hear and what you interpret is kind of what you needed to read into that scene. And for me, what I think Chewie is saying to Ray um, is I'll tell him, you'll see him soon. So, and Ray's oh, like, yeah, that's perfect. Cause you know, she believes that she will, we'll see, you know, we'll meet yeah. again. She, yeah. she says that to a sleeping, you know, form. Right. She's like, we'll meet again. I believe that. Yeah. And I feel like Chewie has that kind of insight to Ray, you know, as a, as a person. Mm. And he's like, Oh, don't worry. I'll tell, I'll tell him that you'll see him soon. And she's just like, yeah, yeah. You get me, Chewie. You get me. Yeah. <laughs> see, I, I agree with you. Mostly. Oh, okay. Um, I think, I think what he does is mm-hmm. she's she's getting ready to go. She's kind of psyching herself up. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's about to do this, um, and just before she jumps into the escape pod, she stops and and has one more thought about Finn, and she's you know tell him and chewie kind of just stops her and says you know kind of stops her this is my interpretation is he kind of stops her and says hey i'll see you soon or i'll see you on the other side of of this yeah and she kind of takes that you know as a double meaning and says yeah yeah tell him that yeah like like he's saying this that he's telling her bye like i'll see you on the other side Mm -hmm. I'll, i'll see you soon she goes yeah yeah tell him that so yeah, yeah. that's okay. kind of yeah. that's kind of my thought. Yeah, so love it. I, <laughs> I I I mean I I've I'm I think I'm with you, Katie. I think that's probably what he mm-hmm. says. That or um, Chewie says, "Don't worry, I'll tell Finn you're not interested. You're after Kylo." Um, <laughs> people need Raylo. Um, yes, <laughs> but. Uh, no, I, I, I actually agree with you. I, you. Both of you. I think, yeah, it's something along the lines of him essentially saying, um, I'll tell him you're going to see him again. or so, Right? Like something like that. Um, but yeah, I, that, that's, that's what I think as well. And I think y- your explanation is, is perfect, Katie. So I don't feel like I have uh-huh. anything to add. So, <laughs> therefore, I won't waste any more time. <laughs> um, so who would like to bring up their hot topic, hot Star Wars topic? Yes. The show first. I don't know. Do we want to rock paper? Yes, we do, yes, Katie. More, yes, more rock. Nothing paper. like you know a, an audio podcast with visual aids that they can't see. Exactly. It's That's kind of like that. Know. This is their exactly. lost in translation moment. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys ready? Let's okay. do this. All right. Rock 
paper, scissors, shoot. Oh, Katie just bashed the crap. What did you? Okay, yeah. Yeah, I don't know why we always forget that. She always loves to be the rock. Um, rock, it's the mightiest option. Katie is Dwayne Johnson, everyone. Um, so. She is. She is. Both, both Carl and I are like, scissors. Yeah. Scissors. And I'm just all like, oh, saw that coming. Yeah, rock. she's like, listen up, therm scissor punch. I got something yeah. for you. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, well, actually, Katie, do you, you pick. Do you want to go first or do you, you, you can pick who goes first? I'll go first. I'll go first. Giddy up. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, guys, I don't know if you've heard, but Tumblr is on fire. Tumblr is a sinking ship. It's going down. Is this have you, the thing have that's you like banning adult content? Is that yes. Tumblr? Okay. Yeah, I don't, I've never used Tumblr. So it's a, it's a social media site that, um, uh, fandom has congregated on it. it okay. And it's been used for like posting fan art and fanfic and, you know, for, um, fandom discussions for like a really long time. Um, and now that Tumblr's going down, I think we need to do our part to help the Star Wars fandom by dedicating a third of this this episode to Raylo. <laughs> <laughs> All right, oh, I dear. love it. <laughs> and by I love it, I mean I hate it. But no, I'm kidding. I'm ki- I am totally kidding. Um, yeah, no. Uh, yeah. What's on your mind about Raylo, Katie? Well, there's like. Um, I guess maybe three main points about Raylo that I want to touch because we're not dedicating an entire episode to this. Like I could go on and on about Raylo. Let's do like a crash course. Let's do like the highlights. All right. Sounds good. Instruct us. Yeah, exactly. So Raylo, the Ray and Kylo relationship, it's so much more than just, I want to see them kiss. I mean, obviously I want to see them kiss, but why is this relationship so central? You know, I feel it's so central to the narrative of the sequel trilogy and what does it bring to the story and to the Star Wars saga as a whole? Well, I feel very strongly that it's not so much about them kissing. It's about the two of them finding balance. And this is a very, very heroin driven story. If we look back at, um, classical fairy tales and classic literature, really stories with a main heroine almost always come down to balance. The female, the female hero, um, finds balance within herself and then restores balance to the world generally between, you know, man and beast between light and dark. And if this is the, this, if this was the point of making, um, Ray, the main character of the sequel trilogy, I feel like it needs to be that classic female story, that classic heroine's journey and ultimately restore balance to the force. Thoughts again. Yeah. (laughs) Again. Yes. Yes. Well, I almost feel like the force wasn't necessarily supposed to be in balance at the end of return of the Jedi, because Lucas said that, that um, Luke was supposed to walk away after burning Vader's body. He was supposed to just kind of away into the night. You know, that was the original. Yeah, that was the original. Yeah. But he didn't go that route, so he didn't um, go that way. But now that yeah. that we have opened up the sequel trilogy, do you think maybe they're getting back to that? With well, the Force wasn't in balance then. Well, Luke says it was right. Like okay. and he says right. that right in Last Jedi. He says for a long time there was balance, mm-hmm. and then I saw my nephew Ben. Right, so he seems to imply that there that it was balanced. Um, for a time, of, yeah. For a time, yeah. and then it gets knocked out of balance with Ben. Um, well, ben I have to wonder. I have to. 
I have to wonder if Luke is necessarily an authority on what is balance, mm. you know, um, because obviously something must have gone wrong for, you know, evil to keep rising up, mm. you know, and I keep going back to like, I'm sorry. Yeah, go well, for it. E- evil, evil doesn't ever fully go away. You know, there's evil will always find a place to fester. It'll take sure. different forms. It'll be, you know, different things. Um, and and the Force is a large, mysterious mm. uh, thing. And someone mm. with malevolent intentions is always going to find a way to tap into it and find a way to try and twist it uh, mm. to their will. Um, and it turns out that this time it was Snoke. And mm. Snoke was not on Luke's radar. It mm. doesn't appear that way. Okay. And so Snoke gets his foothold. Snoke gets his uh, way to influence Ben. And that, therefore, shoves the Force out of balance again. My, my guess is that the Force started slipping out of balance mm. when Luke wasn't paying attention. You know, as okay. he was trying to train the Jedi, the, this new order, and 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 move forward, um, he he was focused elsewhere. Um, mm. As Snoke began his rise, the Force probably started slipping more mm. out of balance. Um, and and it's not like balance of the Force is a concrete line that things have to stay. Sure, in, you know? yeah, that's so. Fair. It's it's gonna be it, it gonna have its ebbs and flows to it. So it's not gonna be uh, a, a a solid state of balance so you know maybe maybe the slight nudgings weren't enough to get luke's attention until ben fell Mm -hmm. okay so yeah i mean like right because obviously all of this stuff we still we're still missing such a huge part of the history behind Mm -hmm. all these events right which which makes sense i mean right even in the original trilogy we don't get the the full context of vader until return of the jedi right like Mm -hmm. it's slowly pieced together um Mm -hmm. but i I like kind of what you're saying here jason in the sense of right like luke starts to become distracted in a way as he starts his jedi academy or whatever it's going to be called right and or or he just stops looking for that he he gets complacent maybe but you know. I, I think what it could be, though, is, is everything is in balance. And as he starts this, that's when, right, like at a time, it sounds like he and Ben were a, like one on one for a time. And mm-hmm. that probably made Ben feel special. And then as soon as Luke maybe takes on more students and starts to divide his attention, that's when Snoke starts getting his hooks into him. And Luke even says, you know, you know, by that time, I realized Snoke had already turned his heart. Right. So like it happened kind mm-hmm. of under Luke's nose, but without him being fully aware of it. Right. Like yeah. he, he already had come to the and by the point he co- decides to confront it. Right. That's when it's this big climatic moment. Um, mm-hmm. But he's not there in the journey. I mean, balance of the force is such a again, it's 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 an, it's just not a defined thing still. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't understand the balance of the force to be equal, dark, equal light like that. Doesn't yeah, make me any neither. Sense. Yeah. No. And I think from what George <laughs> has even explained in the past, like things he explained to like Dave Filoni while doing Clone Wars stuff is ultimately balance of the force is that essentially the predominance of the light like the dark the dark side is it's it's not like an equal part it's not an equal partner to the light right the sure. force is inherently the light side i think is what george would say um, and I, and i think and i think a lot of that lies in the fact that light tends to be the predominant natural state hmm. um well, with mm, the force and i i don't i don't know i, I don't I, know I, either 
Because when Ray was connecting to the Force, you know, what do you feel? Life, death, you know, she she felt all of these things in equal measure, you know, peace and destruction Mm -hmm. were, you know, so I I don't necessarily know that that the light is the natural state because the Force is then the balance between these two things. Mm. So I think I think balance is a lack of conflict between two opposing natures. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I can... I can yeah. see that. And then when the dark rises, that's because mm-hmm. it starts pulling things out of balance towards mm-hmm. that darkness, towards that destruction. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 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 Well, I think, you know, so, I, your your point is great, Katie, about with the heroine's mm-hmm. journey of she has to have mm-hmm. balance in herself before she can bring balance. And I, I mean, I think that's mm-hmm. exactly personified in Return of the Jedi, though, too, with Luke. Like, I do think mm-hmm. Luke finds that perfect balance. I mean, that's who his character is in Return of the Jedi, is he is he is the consummate Jedi Knight, right? That we really haven't had since in a way Qui-Gon Jinn. Um, right. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because Luke finds that balance within himself that he's able to redeem his father, but he has to find it in himself first in order to bring that into a wider context. And I think that's exactly true with Ray. Like Ray, when she leaves to go bring Ben back, right? She senses mm-hmm. that conflict with him, which is obviously there, but Ray isn't ready to be the, She's not in the place to help him resolve that because there's obviously still things unresolved sure. for her, most notably yeah. her family, right? Like, um, mm-hmm. you know, if you think about like, um, and, and I'm making these strong comparisons because the sequel trilogy really, I, I don't mean this, this is sound really mean, but it really is a strong retread still of the originals to me in certain, mm. and a lot of, a lot of beats are very much retreads. Um, sure. And so I feel like, right, like Luke gets this horrible truth at the end of Empire. I mean, I mean, Ryan Johnson was very clear that he, <laughs> immediate like he immediately thought of empire when writing last jedi and that comes across mm, in a mm-hmm. lot of strong beats um and but i think with uh like for luke at the end of empire he learns this terrible truth then all of a sudden return of the jedi like you know i know father oh you've accepted the truth you know well i've accepted the truth mm. that you were once anakin skywalker and i feel like with ray ray still hasn't accepted the truth of her family right like kylo says to her you know it say it right like, yeah yeah he he, <laughs> yeah. he forces her to admit the worst truth of her existence and i feel like when we get to episode nine like she's going to have somehow come to a resolution with that again somewhat off screen which I'm fine with. I'm sure there's going to be some butt nuggets that won't be. But, uh, right, like, oh, how'd she do that? It's like, look at Return of the Jedi, you idiots. So yeah. Luke did like it. When she showed, she, yeah, yeah, she's going to show up with a new lightsaber right. and no explanation. Yeah, fine, <laughs> right. fine with me. I, I remember how'd she do that? Well, I remember somebody complaining about, like, her. Somebody reverse engineered. Somebody complained about, like, how she changed outfits in <laughs> Last Jedi. It's like, this is what you care about? Like, stop it. <laughs> Get out of here, wardrobe. It's very important. I know she had a rucksack with yeah. her, <laughs> but no, but I, I just, I feel like, like, I love that point though, Katie. And I, I do feel mm-hmm. like she's going to, she's going to be at a totally different place um, mm. where she is going to have that balance. And I feel like Kylo in reverse mm-hmm. is going to be even more out of balance, right? Yeah. Like he's gone down this really destructive path and mm-hmm. Ray's going to need to be at that full balanced version of herself if she's ever going to save him yeah um and i don't know if she necessarily needs to bring balance to the world to the universe um i think she has to either bring balance or cause balance by eliminating ben uh bring balance to ben yeah or, or or create that balance by eliminating him there because he seems to be the the fulcrum at the center of all of this imbalance mm-hmm. right now 
Um, and of course, we, we we don't know exactly how this is all going to play out, so we we can't we can only speculate at this point. Um, yeah, and I don't know I, what that means. I don't know what that means. But but Ben is the key for her uh, to in order to to fulfill that that balance uh, point. So um, I'm glad you bring that up because in classic fairy tales, what that looks like is the beast becomes a prince. And we can already see that in because there's such a clear definition between Ben Solo and Kylo Ren. Yeah. And uh, in the original Beauty and the Beast fairy tale, the beast like straight up dies. Like she goes to him, she cries over him as he as he lays dying. And then the beast dies so that then the prince within him lives. Mm. And then, you know, the be- beauty marries the prince. And um, yeah. she the heroine is able to yeah heal that that wounded masculine when he chooses to change, you know, he starts, he becomes a better person. She loves him. And then the prince that was always there comes out. Yeah. 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 And, and Ben is fighting that change right mm-hmm. now. Kylo is definitely fighting that change right now. Yeah. He's, he's determined that he does not want to be in the light at this point. Mm. And, and my biggest question is, how long can he keep up that fight? Will that fight be his end? Mm-hmm. You know, will he die before he comes back? Because he's he's talked about, you know, these past two movies about still feeling the temptation, the pull of the mm-hmm. light. Mm-hmm. You know, he's tortured by this. He's tormented. He's being pulled apart. He says that in The Force Awakens. You know, he's a walking mess, yeah. You know, of conflicted emotions and uh, and in just swirling feelings and there's there's no balance to it whatsoever. Um, and he seems determined to try and and stay the course in his choice to follow the dark side. But he still has that strong pull to the light. And I don't know what's going to give out first. My like my ideal scenario here, because again I'm thinking about uh, classic fairy tales here, is that um, in in the prequels, <laughs> Padme goes to Anakin. You know he's falling to the dark side. He's becoming that monster, and she says, "Anakin, all I want is your love." And he's like, "Love won't save you, Padme. Only my new power will." You know he rejects love for power. And his love ultimately dies. Padme dies, you guys. Mm-hmm. What would be perfect and what would tie this, you know, ending perfectly into the, the heroine's journey in classic heroine fairy tales would be Kylo Ren straight up dies and Ben Solo lives through the power of Rey's love. She is able to do what, what Sidious and Anakin couldn't do. They couldn't create life. You know, they couldn't mm. save the ones that were dying, you know, like, oh. but she is. Yeah, right. She just just through love, you know, because that's all you need. You don't need power. You just need love, you guys. Yeah. And then so the Kylo Ren straight up dies and Ben Solo lives mm. like. Wow. Yeah. Just think of like she the beauty, beauty and the beast ending, you know, the right. <laughs> Life. Yeah. <laughs> Just just think about, like, you know, that Disney ending where, like, you know, the beast (laughs) is dying and she's like, I love you. And then all of a sudden, like, fireworks glowing, like, and all of a sudden, he's a prince and he's alive. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe not quite like that. Um, But 
but that's oh, yeah. an interesting that's an interesting connection. That's like, that's like my end game there. But yeah, so let's talk about let's talk about when we first meet Ray. We first meet Ray, and she's in this almost like self imposed exile. Finn points out like you could leave. You're a pilot. But she doesn't, mm-hmm. you know, she she almost almost like Luke at the beginning of The Last Jedi. She is so she's been so hurt by her parents abandoning her that she is completely cut off from everyone. And the force can't awaken within her until she starts making real human connections, because that's what the force is, isn't it? It's that which connects all things. Mm-hmm. And you can't be connected to everybody, you know, hiding yourself away. And, you know, she's so cut off from people that she doesn't even speak for the first, like, 10 minutes that we know her. You know, we see her go throughout her day. We see her interact with Ankar Plutt and all the other people cleaning off, um, you know, their bits of scrap. She doesn't talk to anybody. She doesn't talk to anybody until BB-8 shows up. And even then, she pushes BB-8 away. You know, BB-8's like, can I stay with you? She's like, no. Yeah. (laughs) You do not. No. Um, and it's you know it's not until she meets Finn and she starts making these human connections that the Force then awakens. There's been an awakening, right? Mm-hmm. And then when she connects with the Force in a meaningful way, she runs off into the woods. And in classic fairy tales, the woods is like a very sacred place for the heroine. This is like you know where she'll be tempted by darkness, like Red White Riding Hood mm-hmm. going through the woods, you know, and the wolf besets yeah. her, you know. And then who does she meet in the woods? Kylo. Kylo Ren. Like she has connected with the Force in a meaningful way. She is beginning to realize that being connected to people means being open and vulnerable. So the thing that she fears the most comes in the form of Kylo Ren, that connection, you know? Someone who takes advantage of that vulnerability. Yeah, in a way, yeah. But then also they are going to have an extreme emotional connection or, or, you know, mental and emotional yeah emotion they'll be emotionally vulnerable with each other you know and that terrifies her at least at first because it looks scary and monstrous and it's everything she wants to push away she doesn't want to be connected and then (laughs) kylo ren abducts her and in again in in fairy tale and in like classic cinema when the monster abducts his bride, she at, at the sight of the monster, the heroine faints dead away. Mm. You know, this happens in like Phantom of the Opera when Christine sees the phantom. She faints dead away. Um, the creature of the Black Lagoon, you know, she sees the monster, faints. <laughs> um, on the ridge, again, coming back to Beauty and the Beast in the uh, in Cocteau's uh, Beauty and the Beast, uh, she faints and, and the monster then always uh, carries her in, in a classic bridal carry. Like, uh, you know, like a, a, a groom carrying the bride across the threshold. And, yep. uh, and then, of course, that's how Kylo Ren carries Rey. Yes. in like that classic bridal carry. It's, yep. That to me is so specific an icon, the monster abducting his bride, that I don't think it's unintentional. Mm. Can you see that? It can, yeah. Oh, yeah that still, was, this is a painting that was, from, that was at Celebration, and I didn't buy it. Okay. And when I finally decided to spend the money, I went back, and they were all gone. It's by oh, a guy named cool. Eric Mayle. Um, mm-hmm. But, it's yeah, it's just called The Abduction, and he purposely painted it like that classic, like, yeah, mm-hmm. fainting prince or fainting, you know, heroine into the yeah, arms of yeah. a monster. <laughs> yeah. um, yes. I love that. Of, of course, in, in Force Awakens, he knocks her out with the Force. So that's, right. you know. She's she's not our fainting princess. Uh, right. She's a you know. Yeah. <laughs> but but that's very interesting. And of course, we we see the extent of that connection that was developed 
continue mm-hmm. in Last Jedi. Oh yeah, because they have this mental connection through the Force that Snoke, you know, preys upon, um, <laughs> and that grows stronger. And they're able to learn more about each other and find out that they're not that dissimilar. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. they're actually white, right? You know, they, they, yeah. they, they're they're two sides of the same coin. Um, it's just the way they've they've reacted to this feeling of abandonment mm-hmm. and this feeling of aloneness is different. Um, you know, she's gone and retreated within herself mm-hmm. uh, in order to hide and you know to, to stay safe, and he's gone on this complete like temper rampage across the galaxy in order to make everyone else suffer for his pain. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, that's the that's the difference. And so when after they fight alongside each other in Last Jedi, mm. she feels like they should be, you know, that they have this connection and they should be on the same page. And when he doesn't come with her, when oh, he yeah. doesn't leave, that's you know, that's also one of those those truths. When when she finally, you know, if she isn't strong, mm-hmm. the betrayal of that vulnerability with him, yeah, would would break a, a lesser woman. Oh, exactly. You know? Oh, because it it is. It's one hundred percent about that vulnerability. I think that's what really fascinates me about this relationship is that they can't lie to each other. Not really. You know, they they um, Ray again in in the Force Awakens when it starts she is so used to having this wall and so used to lying to herself that when she meets Kylo and he he sees right to the truth of it and he sees right to the truth of you know ever, everything that she doesn't want to admit is true that that's scary and that's vulnerable mm. emotional vulnerability yeah. is scary relationships are scary and then when he finds out that that is a two-way street and she can see right into the truth of him he's also like whoa hang on hang on <laughs> exactly <laughs> uh, oh what i really like is when he takes off the helmet and then he's just surprisingly beautiful because <laughs> that <laughs> that reminds me of another beauty and the beast no. kind of story oh yeah I- I, I I need I need a a robot chicken right? remake where he's got helmet hair. Right? Oh my gosh! No, he's no. just got total helmet hair. I no. I, I need that. I but his hair so beautiful. Or, or, or <laughs> it's so feathery and luscious and looks like Anakin Skywalker stepped out of the shower, you know, kind of thing. Uh, he's he's got granddaddy hair. Um, <laughs> Do you guys know the the legend of um, Cupid and Psyche? Maybe just by name. Just by name, yeah. yeah. So um, remind this me. Is I, a, I think I've heard this a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. So it's a very it's a very common. There, there's a trope in in old myths where um, you know there's a dragon who demands a bride, and um, <laughs> and so they you know they just keep sending princesses to him, and then he devours them. And they're just like, oh, well, we're running out of princesses, so always they send a common <laughs> woman instead. And then you know finally, and she's the one who's able to like um, you know sometimes in these stories she'll like she'll literally like bathe him, and she bathes the way his uh, his uh, monstrousness and re- again reveals a prince underneath. This is it's very classic. This story, um, you know, and it gets very intimate. Um, but in, in Cupid and Psyche, yeah, they, they, they 
they're like, oh, there's this monster that lives in a castle, and so we're going to send a common woman to him, and um, she meets her her husband, but she can only talk to him in pure darkness. There's there's not a shred of light inside this castle, and uh, so you know they get to know each other in total darkness. They make love in total darkness until she conceives a child, and her family is so afraid that she's going to give birth to a monster that she she's like, okay, I have to know what he looks like. And when she shines light upon him, he's surprisingly beautiful. It's Cupid, the Lord of love itself. <laughs> and he's just so beautiful that it startles her. And she like, uh, she spills candle wax on his shoulder and then he wakes. Cause she did. That's why he was sleeping. So, but, and then, and then they like, Oh, we can see each other at last. <gasps> like that's what, that's what this moment reminds me of when he takes off his helmet and he's just all, like, so beautiful. And she's like, what? <laughs> 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 I I don't have anything else to add. To the, 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 no, I don't cool. have anything else to add to Adam Driver's beauty. I that, yeah. that, I'm gonna let other people carry that bucket. Um, uh, I guess the the last one for me, kind of one of my other like favorite storytelling tropes, is the bungled proposal. <laughs> Halfway through the story, the uh, um. The foolish man <laughs> will propose to uh, to our heroine, and he'll get it completely wrong. Like uh, like in Pride and Prejudice, uh, Mr. Darcy proposes to Elizabeth, and in an attempt to be honest with her, he basically says, "Listen, you're poor." And your family is embarrassing. It, it's really I am stepping way way down mm. to marry you. And then he's so surprised that she's mad. He's like, wait, you're insulted? Wait, what? Like, it completely blows his mind that she doesn't take this as a compliment. Because he's like, but I thought I thought I was just admitting your shortcomings. Like, shouldn't we be honest with each other? And she's like, no, you just insulted me to my face. <laughs> like, oh. By calling me poor and my mm. family embarrassing. Yeah. And so she's, so she straight up says, you are the last man on earth I could ever marry. And then, but of course, you know, they fall in love and then at the end they do get married. <laughs> That's what Kylo reminds me of <laughs> when he's like, Ray, you're nothing, but not to me. Come, <laughs> come be with me. And I'm like, right. wait, where are you mad? Why are you mad? It was a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. It's such a romance trope. Of course, you know, that that classic, you know, it, it was used in like Pride and Prejudice and you know, just like classic, classic fairy tales. Now it's like such a rom com thing no. for for there to just be like this bungled proposal. It's one of my favorite things in the world. <laughs> <laughs> did did you have a bungled proposal? No, not at you? all. Oh, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> Never. Uh Nate, Nate was perfect. Um, oh, yeah. No, 100%. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> he did it just as Prince Hans from Frozen. <laughs> you know, the evil one that, like, that turns. Yes. I, <laughs> That's why I was I was slightly taken aback there. Um, uh, no, I love I love. See, I liked Prince Hans at the beginning of the movie when he was just cute and singing songs and being a dork. And then, like, halfway through the movie, he's like, surprise, I'm evil. And I'm like, I love you even more now. I love <laughs> Of course you do. This is this is Darth Maul's biggest fan. Exactly. Um, but uh, but yeah, those are I'm looking at at all the tropes I wrote down, and I think yeah, we hit all of my uh, all of my favorite Raylo tropes. That's our our Raylo over overview. I hope that uh, I hope that Tumblr Raylos are getting 
well, you know, getting used to Twitter. I hope they start to feel welcome. I hope maybe some of them can find our podcast and feel welcome here. <laughs> it's a Raylo space. <laughs> At least a Raylo friendly space. Uh, yes. Yeah. No, I, I love everything you just brought up because I didn't know any of that stuff. So oh, cool. thank you. Yeah. I, 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 that's why I loved when you broke open the heroine's journey on that one episode. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is all stuff I'm not familiar with. So I love learning this. Um, and I think like, I mean, my, my initial impression, um, after seeing last Jedi early on was like, I was like, Oh wow. I like, I mean that, that scene in the elevator is the most mm. charged scene to me between the two of them and in, in oh, both yeah. films oh, combined. Yeah. Um, and right. Like my immediate impulse is like when she leans and she's like, I can help you. I'm like, kiss him. And I was like, wait a minute. Why am I saying this? Like, yeah. he's the bad guy. <laughs> um, but like, I yeah, wanted that. Yeah, right. in the language of cinema, they were telling you this is an intimate and charged yeah. moment. This right. could go either way. So in and the language of cinema, yeah, you're like, wait a second. I want them yeah. to kiss. Hang on. Right. But then like, I mean, I love this. I never realized there was a trope of the bundled, you know, bungled proposal. I, I, that's so cool that they're faithful to that because, yeah, because then that scene, I'm just like the hell with Kylo. Like he's an ass. He's manipulating yeah. her. Right. Like he's he's I mean, this is a this is a abusive relationship. If she goes mm. with him now, which oh, of course yeah. she doesn't, oh, yeah. right? Like she's not a fool. She's not going to be played by him. Yeah. Um, but he is so incapable of a proper relationship, um, yeah. right? Like in, in thinking back to that moment, right? The interrogation scene in Force Awakens, you know, I can have take whatever I want. Like that's that's wicked rapey. Like that's all sorts of messed up. That's how I yeah, interpret that line. It's not a great line. I, don't, I mean, I don't think it's. I don't think it's. He means it in a sexual way, of course. No. Um, yeah. But but it's certainly. I mean, that's there. That's you can't not think of that. You know. Oh, yeah, he's um, definitely like trying to scare her. Right. You know. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that's the most yeah. monstrous things he. I think that's the most monstrous line he says. Um, yeah. You know. Again, when, I feel like I feel like it's a it's such a wall, you know. And then she sees right through it, and it's like you know, you're trying to scare me, but you're afraid. Right. You're afraid that you'll never be as strong as Darth Vader, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's not okay that he did that. Again, part of the beauty in the Beast story is that the Beast is monstrous at the beginning, and he needs to change in order to be with her. You know, he has to become right. that prince. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, the the one thing. <laughs> With Raylo, that that the only thing that mm-hmm. concerns me with it is mm-hmm. um, it, Kylo's done some horrible things, though. Um, yeah. Like I know I, I the only Beauty and the Beast story I know is the Disney cartoon version. Yeah. And yeah. I don't remember the Beast killing anybody. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I know he scares people certainly, and yeah. and, and yeah. physically threatens them, but he, I don't recall him killing. I mean, Kylo's first act is slicing down a man in cold blood and then ordering the murder of women and children. Like Mm -hmm. that. So what I mean by that is, is he can't just come back to the light and everything's okay. Like there needs to be, there needs to be a penance. Like he can't, like, that's not okay. Like, like I don't, I don't right Cause a big question ever since force awakens is, 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 you know, can Kylo be redeemed? And I certainly think he can be. Um, Mm -hmm. but in the same way, like, and this is my concern is I don't want like another deathbed conversion like we got with Anakin. Cause again, that's just yeah. another retread and I don't want that. Um, mm-hmm. and I think that also belittles Kylo and Ray Ray's relationship in some way. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, I don't know. Like what would that mean? Like, right. Like if Anakin had survived the end of return of the Jedi, well, he's not going to live like a happy life. Now he's got to pay for like the 20 odd years of atrocities he committed. 
right? Like right. you don't you don't just sweep that under the rug because he's found his humanity. And that, I think the same goes for Kylo. Um, you you spend a very very powerfully negative statement if Kylo comes back to the light and is a happily ever after because it can't be for him. Um, hmm. I think. Um, I, I, so I don't know exactly what that looks like. That's why, to me, Raylo is the most complicated idea. From oh, the yeah. Oh, trilogy yeah. It's because I'm yeah. not saying, like, like I do mm-hmm. believe that Ray's the only one that can redeem him. But what mm-hmm. will that redemption look like, I think, is going to be very complicated. Because you run the risk of just making another Return of the Jedi redemption. But mm-hmm. also, you can't ignore his atrocities. Because, again, like... Like that's just it's just like that's part of who he was, too. And I'm not saying that those things are unforgivable. Like in a way, yes, like anybody can be forgiven. I mean, that's the heart of Return of the Jedi is that no Mm -hmm. one is irredeemable. So, yeah, whenever people are like, can Kylo be redeemed? It's like, yeah, of course he can. If Darth Vader can, so can Kylo Ren. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't think Mm -hmm. that's out of the question. But you also have to take into account all the horrible things he's done. You know, that doesn't that does you can't just sweep that away. That's that's what I think. So, like to me, like I I love the idea of Raylo, but I think it's incredibly complicated. And it is. It it's going to be really hard to. It's going to be really hard to figure that out. So. What if at the end he mm-hmm. is redeemed, but as his penance, as his judgment, he is exiled to Octo mm-hmm. to watch over. The ancient porks. Jedi texts. Oh, okay. Like, they, 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 the they send back the text. Well, in the porch, maybe. But you know that that is the that is a a you know very sacred place for the Jedi. Mm. Um, and obviously, Luke is going to have a strong connection there. Um, sure. And so, I I wonder if maybe he gets uh, exiled or put on some sort of uh, you know pilgrimage or something. Um, that he has to do on his own. And so, you know, that Ben and uh, and Ray have the, you know, the the moment of reconciliation mm-hmm. that happens post, you know, redemption, but then he has to go. He's mm-hmm. not allowed to be, you know, in this this new society. He he has to he's exiled of some or some, you know, may, maybe he's thought dead. By the New Republic at large, and so they send him into some sort of exile, and he goes into the unknown regions um, to, you know, search for answers in the Force or something like that. Mm. And maybe they'll find each other again someday, but maybe not, you know. And it's sort of left open ended, and they're they're you know left with without the the culmination of that relationship. You know, it's mm. left open. It's left. You know, unsaid, so to speak. Um, it's like in Game of Thrones, right? They send you to the wall to, oh, maybe you know, for penance for your for yeah, your the Night's Watch. Crime. So yeah, you become part of the Night's Watch. So like, Ooh, it, it, the Night's it's, it's like, Watch. That's yeah. also you know that's also a thing. <laughs> the Night's of Red Watch. Yeah. Um, it's also, it, but that's the thing that happens in some of these these epic literary stories is the hero goes away at the end. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. Right. They, well like, they, like that's what didn't happen with Luke, right? Like, while that right. was Lucas's original intent, he he chose not to go that route, though. And I, I, he I, he kind of does, though, in the the post Return of the Jedi stuff. He kind of does. You know, he he's not completely removed, but he goes off on his own. Sure. You know, he's yeah, out yeah. of the the larger conflict as Leia and Han start working to put together the galaxy back together. Mm-hmm. So, right. Um, 
it, it's what happens with Bilbo. And, you know, he, he ultimately he goes off into the the West, um, or Bilbo and and Frodo. You know, mm-hmm. at the end of Lord of the Rings. So they, it, this is not a an uncommon thing in literature where the hero, or in this case maybe the the villain, gets sent off at the end, possibly never to be seen again. We don't know. Yeah. I just want Ray to have everything she wants, though. Like if she if she falls in love with Kylo and redeems him, and she's just all like, "You guys, let me have my boyfriend," and they're all <laughs> like, "Okay, fine." <laughs> yeah, well, there's there's a um, there's a great moment in in the Dark Knight when um, Bruce Wayne decides he's going to turn himself in, right? In in response to Joker's right. you know madness and killings, and he mm-hmm. did, you know, and Rachel Dawes says to Bruce, you know, if you turn yourself in, they'll never let us be together. Right. And like mm-hmm. part of his hope is that he's going to abandon Batman here and he's going to come live a normal life with her. But she's making it very clear, like the public will never. Right. They, while like in a personal way, that could be what you want. It's not possible. Um, have you, either of you ever seen the movie Hancock? It's a Will Smith movie. Oh no! Oh, oh yeah. yeah! Oh no! Not that ending. Um, oh, no. Well, like, and, and I know that comes from like it's it's based in actually like uh, actual like Hindu stories. Um, oh, this hey, idea yeah. of two two lovers that like when they're together, like their love is so strong that it's actually destructive, mm-hmm. um, and not like it not in an evil malicious way, but it just be, it becomes it essentially just becomes destructive. Like that, their plight is that they have to be apart. Exactly, so I don't know if yeah. maybe that could be like a way that has to happen with with Ben and Ray. I, you know, I just I, I everything you just said, Katie, makes me want it even more. Like, I want these yeah. tropes to be true. And I think you're absolutely dead on with like the fact that he is clearly a prince. Right. Like we hear all yeah. Snoke says, like, you know, you, you know, your royal blood. I, right. The Skywalker yeah. line is the royal bloodline of the Star Wars universe. Right. Mm-hmm. This is the King David, if you will, of like the Old Testament, mm-hmm. like the Skywalker line is the Davidic kingdom. <laughs> Um, and he's the fallen king. Um, and so like, I definitely think he can still become the prince, but it just calls into question though. But like, what about these atrocities that we saw on camera? The Um, big question, the big question is how, how many people know that Kylo Ren is Ben Solo? Oh, that's also true. Yeah. Yeah. Because if Kylo dies and people see Kylo die, you know, yeah. Then maybe Ben Solo is, is then free to, to right. you know, live a life. Yeah. Well, it makes well again that comes yeah, in. Maybe. It makes me think of like again the end of the Dark Knight where they choose a lie to redeem society, yeah. but it's based on a lie. So like yeah, you could say like oh Kylo's dead and Ben Solo's returned, and no mm-hmm. one would ever know. But then that makes the peace based on a lie, right? Maybe. Right. So, I, don't I don't know if if the point though is for the heroine to find balance in herself and then in her dark counterpart as well, you know, mm. and balance the world and, and and eliminate that conflict, then then maybe everybody would be okay with with Ben Solo hanging out, you know, because there's no more conflict, and that yeah. includes the conflict of hey, he was bad once, you know, I. I yeah, know. I don't know. That that's just the question. Is it's I I have there's no no evidence either way to to show right now how many people know Kylo's true identity. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously Snoke knows, and the you know the our main characters know because yeah, you mm-hmm. know it happened to them. Um, yeah. So, um, but I, there's nothing to say Finn or Poe know. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty sure Poe knows. Oh, Poe knows. Oh, yeah, because oh, yeah. Poe's son no. in The Last oh, that's, Jedi. Yeah, that's yeah. right. No, that's yeah. right. Um, maybe, maybe Finn knows, but there's nothing to say that the rest of of the Resistance High Command knows. There's nothing to say Hux knows, although Hux, I'm sure, is trying to find out. Um, <laughs> right. yeah. It's, it's like, I'll find out your real name. <laughs> yeah, sniveling twerp. Um, <laughs> My but, son, you know, how dare you? But there's, I, I highly doubt, you know, uh, PV or Kennedy would have known, sure, um, or Phasma would have known, right? Well, like just like uh, most of the Imperial officers didn't know that Anakin Skywalker was Darth Vader, right? Exactly, exactly. Um, so you know that the idea that that Ben Solo could return to the four of the galaxy um, after the death of Kylo Ren is not unheard of, mm-hmm. but. You know, it's just it's a question of how many people actually know. Mm-hmm. So, right. you know, um, God, this would be obviously terribly heartbreaking. But mm-hmm. I feel like, again, like in order for because a, a penance must be served for Kylo to be redeemed. Right. Like, I think that's important. Um, and because, again, my, all all. Everyone's redeemable. No, nobody ever does anything so atrocious that they can't be redeemed. I, I, I firmly believe that. But I think in redemption is also it's it's a painful process. Um, it is part of and, it is facing what you've done and the consequences. Right. Your, high, your actions have consequences. Right. You know, yeah. And so. like, what if I don't know? Like, and again, I don't know how they're going to play the death of Leia in Episode Nine. Um, Ooh, and, and obviously their hand, their, right? And like their yeah. their hand has also been tied in a way because of Carrie's unfortunate passing. Um, yeah. But I'm wondering if you know maybe uh, like losing her in a way is part of his redemption process. If that makes sense, right? Like it, it, it's, I yeah. get that. I feel that because so many people are mad at him for killing Han Solo, but Han yeah. so clearly forgave him, right. like touching his face. Yes, you know. Yeah. And I feel like I feel like if Ben like created a debt by by killing his father, and his father chose to forgive that debt, you know, right. he like and chose then, to well, absolve like, him of it. What if then, like what if you yeah. know? And I don't know how. I mean, I don't know how early in the movie you could do this because I don't know how long the journey can be of his return to the light. But what if like like Leia is killed towards this? the top of the film and yeah. Kylo tries to stop it, but, oh, that'd be but so good. fails, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, um, the con- the yeah. consequences of his actions ends up right. in the death of his mother. Yeah. And that right. shakes him. Yeah. Cause he couldn't you know. do it, right? He couldn't do it in last Jedi. Like he exactly. couldn't do right. it. Um, but then it gets to this place where, I don't know, maybe like Hux orders it and oh, Kylo tries would. to stop it and he can't, you yeah. know, Oh man! Yep. I don't know. Uh, no. <laughs> and like, and and like, obviously, this, this sounds awful to say, but I, I do think it's true. Like, he needs to lose something incredibly important to himself. I think that needs to be part of that process back to the light. If mm-hmm. if yeah. I feel like that's like a typical part of storytelling too. So I well, feel like and, and or oh, what if snap. it happens? Oh, what snap. if it happens during towards the middle of the movie, and he's started to kind of come around to the idea of maybe you know, accepting a redemption, but plans have already been put in motion. And by the time he decides to act on the good impulses, it's too late to save Leia. Yeah. Mm. Where are you oh, going to say, Katie? 
I was think I was thinking during the Mortis arc in the Clone Wars, there's there's one of those little fortune cookies at the beginning of the episodes, you know? Mm. Yep, yep. How George like and all of those were written by George, by the way. Like George mm. sat down and, and wrote out like, oh, here's some like truths about Star Wars. One of those yes, during I the Mortis really arc. Want a fortune cookie right now. Yeah, right? <laughs> Actually have one downstairs. Nom, 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 nom. And I'll just fill them with little handwritten messages from George. But oh. yeah, no. One of them <laughs> Yes. On like ripped out yellow legal pads. Yeah, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Katie. <laughs> no, it's okay. But but one of those fortune cookies was balance is found within um he who faces his guilt. And then in that yeah. episode, like specifically, like Anakin is confronted by the vision of his mother, mm. you know, like and mm. and yeah, I think yeah, part of what we're talking about, what what you guys keep saying is there has to be some sort of penance. There has to be like some sort he has to confront what he's done in some way. I think, yeah, he in order to find balance, he has to confront that guilt and, and accept. Dies. Yeah. Leia dies. Luke shows up to, to, oh, right. to Kylo, to oh, Ben and says, Hey, hey. Yeah. this is what you did. You know, I still don't think Luke can show up to Ben until Ben wants it though. I really right, believe that. Too. Right. Yeah. Like well, force ghosts can only appear think, to people they have think, relationships with. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And that's why I think, you know, the, there would be an opening yeah. after Leia's death. Um, for Luke to show up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, being like a really raw, you know, vulnerable time and then thinking like, I'll talk, to, I need to talk to somebody about this and I'll talk to any part of her and then her twin brother shows up, you know, because yeah. he was kind of just emotionally vulnerable enough to to kind of sort of want to see his uncle again. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just writing fanfic over here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what oh a good Raylo talk, you guys. Yeah, oh, Jason, I'm going to let you share your thing, and, and I'm just going to save mine for another day because otherwise we're going to be going like for three hours. Um, oh, I'm so sorry. So, I'm so what was your sorry. topic? By no, the way. It's fine. we'll share it for another time. It's fine. Well, because I've got a couple of different things I could talk about, uh, so I just want to make sure I'm not picking something. If, if oh, you well, mine was about it. solo. Shocking. I did. <laughs> okay. Well. Okay. That, that makes sense. That makes I got sense. It. I got um, it. I, oh. Like, like you know that shot of, of Han like putting all the credits in you know in, in Solo. Like, that's yeah. me. I'm like he's gonna talk about Solo. Yep. All in. All in. Oh man. Um, <laughs> but what do you? Well, what's I, on your mind? Uh, there's like a couple of things warring in my brain, and th- these won't take a lot of, of deep discussion so i i think i can put both of them in do it um i watched over the weekend i, I caught up on resistance uh nice. and i watched i am not caught up so be rep- careful <laughs> i, I <laughs> just have to watch the latest I watched, episode I, I watched four episodes so um and and i'm actually really enjoying it so it's yeah, um, a great show so fun. it's so where fun. where where are you at carl i'm just the the most recent episode is the only one i'm not i've not seen Okay. Okay. Well, things are starting to fall into place, and you're starting to get an idea of what the trajectory of the season is um, based on the last couple of episodes, I think. Um, and I won't get into deep discussion because there's some stuff, especially in this most recent episode, that I would really want to talk about. But since Carl hasn't seen it yet, I will refrain. Um, <laughs> but but uh resistance is is definitely shaping up to be a very interesting show particularly in the context uh, as a lead up to the force awakens mm. so um and how the 
First Order and to some extent the Resistance are using third parties to do things for them or subversive means to uh, to jockey for position against each other because there, there's war has not been officially declared yet. Right. Um, so and and the the Republic is in no way interested in starting something like that. So um, I just think it's a very interesting place to put the galaxy at. And I'm really fascinated to see how this will, will flow into uh, force awakens. So, and, and the question I now have is, will Kazuta Ziono show up in episode nine? Oh, yeah. Yes, please. Oh yeah, he so easily could, right? Especially because, um, yeah, I mean they'll have a second season out by the time Last Jedi, or excuse me, Episode Nine comes out. So yeah. now the other thing that just popped into my head is mm-hmm. uh, where's Snap Wexley? Because he was not in Episode Nine, right? And we I, learn that he and some of the other pilots that we saw in the force awakens were out on missions. You know, they they were, they were out trying to, to gather, uh, you know, help. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so the, I have a question as to whether or not maybe one of them went to, um, Oh gosh, what's the station? The Colossus. The Colossus Colossus. to, to gather Kaz and whoever else they, that might be interested in helping, um, and then the the further question I have for the show is once once we the first order pl- shows its hand um, in the Force Awakens, what does that do to Kaz's mission? Does he leave the Colossus? Mm. And if so, will the crew come with him or not? Yeah. Mm. Oh man. Yeah. So right. Uh, Why? Well, because I think we. Right, we learn in the very. I think it's the first episode, right? That mm-hmm. Kaz grew up on Hosnian Prime. His father yep. was oh, a right. senator on Hosnian Prime. Like his dad's yeah. gonna die in Force Awakens, right? Like I think that's yeah. pretty clear. Um, oh, and I'm gosh. pretty sure we're gonna see Kaz have to. It, 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 I will say one one. The only minor critique I have of Resistance is sometimes I wish they'd make Kaz a little more competent. Like sometimes I'm a yeah. little annoyed by his Thank incompetence. You. And like I get they're doing it because it's a kid show. Um, yeah. and, and that's fine, but sometimes it's a bit much, to be completely honest. Like, mm-hmm. he comes across as such an – like, he's just a moron. <laughs> and, so, and I don't like that. Like, Remember, I just find it he, like, he literally couldn't open a door because yeah. he was pulling on the on the hinge side instead right. of the door side. Like, you know, like and, oh, my gosh. This kid can't open a door. Yeah. What? Yeah. And also, like, the fact that he's so uh, incompetent about mechanics. It's like, dude, you're a pilot. you got to know some stuff. Like, he's so like, incompetent. Somebody – Somebody give him a manual. Yeah. He's been there how long and nobody has given him an instruction manual? Just please, some, please, right. please. Right. Yeah, yeah. And, and again, I, this is, I don't mean to like, I, I love the show. Um, that's just, yeah, my, and I, I, to be fair, I've seen a, a few other people making the same like critique of just like, this is a great show. It's a lot of fun. But like, does guys have to be so incompetent? Um, right. But what I could see is like, again, like with his character arc and, and his own journey. And, I, and I've, I've, I've loved so much of the I iconic star wars journey we've gotten with with kaz um but right like when that happens i mean he definitely comes across as the type who's a bit hot-headed he's i feel like he is going to want to immediately leave the colossus go join the resistance and punch the first order in the mouth type thing right yeah Yeah. but i feel like poe's going to be the one to to give him some sense of peace and be like no you're going to serve a deeper purpose here right like i and this is obviously me just speculating but i could see that being the case right and and but maybe like 
post last Jedi, right? When they're, they're really scraping the barrel for any help they could get. <laughs> like that's when Kaz has been there long enough. Maybe at that point he's become one of the top aces and he mm. convinces the other aces to go join the, you know, the resistance or something. Who knows? Yeah. Um, Maybe. That'd but, be cool. uh, but I feel like, yeah, Kaz's purpose the fact that he's on the Colossus and he's building these relationships and he's getting people to like him. And he is a genuinely good character, right? Like, I mean, I love the episode where he sacrifices his trophy to literally help his yes. enemy, right? Like, yes. it's such yes. a beautiful little story. And, um, you know, it, 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 what's so clear is that Kaz, he is, and, and, and Nico as well, right? Like, there are so many Nick, just... Niku, I love Niku. <laughs> but, like, they're just such inherently good characters, right? Like, they're the Roses. They're the Jar Jars. They're the young Anakins, right? Like, these are these just inherently good people. Um, and I feel like Kaz will develop such a strong relationship with the folks on Colossus that, like I said, like, Poe will convince yeah. him to stay there because he'll serve the resistance better by continuing to gain the support of of the 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 population there to get all of them to come like kaz you'd be a great pilot to have but just think if you could get the aces to join or like you know the other folks these mechanics to you know help us in our cause right um i feel like poe's gonna be the one right pose the pose the uh mentor right like and he's he's gonna help kaz see the bigger picture and 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 do the hard work of being patient, right? Of of, yeah. of ser- serving that deeper, uh, harder goal. So yeah. yeah, I I I do agree that that there are some moments where you know Kaz is just you know they 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 make him just a bit too bumbling. Mm. Yeah. Um, but but he seems to be more competent than he thinks. Um, if you look at the probably the last episode you saw, Carl, where the pirates attack the Colossus. And he's oh, able yeah. to help Yeager uh, get that component installed in the midst of the battle going on, um, you know. And he, he's he's able to to hold his own. Yeah. Uh, so that's fair. Yeah. 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 Okay. I have a question. I want to know what has been your guys's favorite part of Resistance. Like, what what have you enjoyed the most? I've really liked the the racing stuff. Yeah. Right great um but but i'm also starting to really get intrigued by who could possibly be the first order spy mm-hmm. i've got some suspicions but i'm holding off on on who i think it is i i've got i've got a i've got a target that i'm watching very closely um it's especially in, especially in light of no there's no way it's niku i'm still i i'm like i got my eye on you niku uh, like, i got I, are, are you kidding are you kidding the guy couldn't stop talking even when he was told not to talk and he had to cover his mouth <laughs> i know but then there was that one episode where like he is just spreading all of his money around and he's just all like you know i've okay i've always felt like the spy would just basically be would have eyes everywhere in a way, you know, and, and be overlooked. And, and Niku knew about the turtles, the little, yeah. you know, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. you know what the I mean? Engineers. Like, yeah. yeah. The engineers, like, I feel like Niku knows about things that other people don't know. And I find that highly suspicious. And I think that was the same episode where he was all like, Oh, you need money here. You get some money and you get some money. I'm like, Niku, where's all this money coming from? See, you gotta. Oh, is that, no. you know, I just, it's because Nico, like, he doesn't have, he doesn't spend money on frivolous things, so he just saves his money and then he gives it to those who need it. No, um, yeah, that just, would be really I, charitable. For, yeah, that'd be great. If this was like a more a 
adult friendly show. It's not that, and again, it's not that it's not adult friendly, but the fact that it's so kid friendly, I think that'd be really traumatic to make Niku the spy. In some um, ways. Yeah, okay. Like, he's just All right. so good, right? Like he, <laughs> Maybe like in 20 years, there's like kids who's like, I don't trust nobody. Yeah, Niku, Niku, the bad Niku betrayed me. <laughs> right? Um, I've never trusted again. Yeah, no, no. I, I, I'm not I, saying I swear it, it, it won't be, but I just, I'd, I'd be so surprised and kind of put off by that. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> but yeah. that would be fine if they do it. But yeah. I, especially I, weirdly enough, I, I that question really hasn't been on my mind. So, like, I mean, so well, to like, and go ahead, Jason. Well, and I, I think that's been brought to the forefront of my mind due to this last episode. There's a lot of first order intrigue that happens in this this most recent episode. Excellent. Um, and so my my thoughts on who the spy might be are now heightened. And I'm like, ooh, who could it be? Who could it be? And I've got my eyes on somebody, but I don't want to say on the podcast yet. So, Yeah, you know, well, I uh, that actually hasn't – I for weird for whatever reason, like I don't really care. It's still um, – <laughs> not, not, not in like a flippant way, but, but, but to like to answer your question, Katie, because what's actually I've been enjoying most about the show is just like watching – has his story like i just love a good character story and i think they're doing a really good job of crafting a great story for him um and i think they're you know finally like at least the last i mean i didn't see the most recent episode but the previous one i feel like they're finally starting to do start to flesh out the other characters right like having yeager's brother show up and learning a lot about his own backstory learning a little bit about how and we get a lot of this in the aftermath trilogy though but like immediately after battle of endor like jakku actually like mon motha mon mothma you know, severely, de- de- you know, depletes the military. Um, yeah. Which, right, even in the Aftermath trilogy is constantly thrown into question of, like, whether that was a good choice or not. And it sounds like Yeager lost a lot by that move, um, right? You know? Yeah. Um, you know, so it, it's, again, like, it, it could be Yeager. Maybe he hates the New Republic, you know, it, for getting screwed out of, like, his life. Um, look how much he hates Although his he- brother. Yeah, he, he seems to hold his brother more responsible for things than sure. anybody else. So right, um, even that's starting to soften now. Yeah, so yeah, but no, so, like to answer your question, Katie, which like I just I'm loving the stories. I'm loving that we're getting good character development. Like I'm just really enjoying that, um, and I just love the look of the Colossus. You know, I, oh, I yeah. really right. like. Um, I mean, I love this trope in Star Wars stories where we have like a home base, something that feels like home. Like Rebels, it was the ghost. You know, the original trilogy, it's Tatooine slash the Millennium Falcon. Um, we never really get a I – mean, well, the only time I feel like we have a home space in this, the prequels is really episode one with, with you know, Mos Espa and Shmi's place. Um, well, the sequel trilogy, you, you could not, consider, you know, Padme's apartment sort of a home true. space. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Padme's, Padme's apartment. The sequel trilogy, uh, the, I feel like the Falcon in some way is becoming the home place again. Yeah. Um, you know, but uh, yeah, right. Like just having that that story trope of having a, a place to call home, I think, is really important. Um, yeah. So that's what I've been enjoying. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, the the one other thing I want to bring up uh, is is I just started uh, listening to the Battlefront Twilight Company audiobook today, um, and I'm I'm only part way through it. Um, and it's a totally different take on the in the trenches side of the rebellion. Like this is this is kind of like what we got in uh, 
oh god, what's the really good um, Claudia Gray young adult line? Lost Stars. Lost Stars. Yeah, this is kind of like what we get in Lost Stars um, from the Rebel side, but darker and more broken. You know, with the Rebel soldiers. At least the the first part here that I've listened to, and it's just you know such an interesting perspective on on what we get from the trenches on the rebel alliance it's just mm. how by how tiny of a thread so many of these characters are hanging on to hope and hanging on to purpose you know when they keep getting beaten back and beaten back and beaten back by a seemingly impervious unending empire you know um, and how many raw hurt broken angry people there are mm. that make up the rebellion mm-hmm. um and so it's just you know we we look at the films and we look at some of the the other material and and we we see our the heroes you know we, mm-hmm. we get luke leia han Chewie, lando these are characters who have their flaws have their challenges but they're good people they're you know they they've got things largely together in a way, um, but but I, I I'm reading you know listening to this this audio book and it's just like these people are the the Twilight Squad uh, that we're following right now the, the the characters that we're getting to know are just like I have nowhere else to go. Uh, it's like this, this is the end of my line. You know, everything else has been taken from me. Uh, the, the main character, uh, I'm, I'm blanking on his name on it off the moment. It begins with an N and I could, ugh. Niku. Uh, no, Niku. it's not, oh, it <laughs> no, it's not, it's not Niku. It's not Niku. Um, but, uh, he's so bitter and so angry and, and we're still, we don't know, you know, what all caused him to be that way, but, like he's in this this place because he gets to kill stormtroopers. That's why he's there. Mm-hmm. He has nothing else left, mm-hmm. and he's just so sullen and bitter and angry. And it's just like you know, it's such an interesting look at the Rebel Alliance, the good guys. Yeah, because yeah. you, you know? we always see them as like such plucky heroes. You know, right. like, yeah, right. it sounds really interesting to, you know, have someone who's, who's there just to kill stormtroopers. That's, uh, yeah. yeah. Is it a yeah. sad story? I mean, I know you haven't finished it yet, but is it kind of, does it put you in a bad mood? No, no, it's just, yeah. um, it's just another look and it's something mm-hmm. to consider, you know, something that I hadn't considered before. So it's just a, a new, a new look on things. It's not something that that's making me sad at this point because I'm still so early on in the book yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, that I don't, I'm not sure how it's going to end. And I'm sure there will be some sort of change uh, with these characters, but we're mm-hmm. still in, you know, I'm, I'm only like four chapters in um, at this point. Um, so, you know, there's, we're still gathering our, our cast of characters. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, I, I just had never looked at the rebellion that way now. And it makes me wonder, um, especially in, in light of some characters like Yeager in mm-hmm. resistance, mm-hmm. how many of that kind of stuff translates into what we might see in the sequel trilogy material mm-hmm. moving forward. You know, yeah. you know, I, I it's, it's it, especially post Hosnian prime. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, how many yeah. people are going to flood the resistance ranks um, with just this fierce vengeance against the First Order, you know, mm-hmm. and, and how... And and it, it it plays on this thing of how does the rebellion and the resistance walk this line of uh, doing the right thing or you know falling into the trap of Saw Gerrera, mm, you know? right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's like it, it's just one of those interesting things that they I, I'm starting to to see this web that they're putting together. You know, in this ancillary material right now that um, is is connecting different things, and it's just a a new perspective and something I had never really considered. Because, like you know, like I said, it, it, there are the, the, the plucky heroes, they're the good guys. They're yeah, the, we're rooting for these people, mm-hmm. and then I'm meeting these other characters, and I'm like, you are a Debbie Downer. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I you know, I would not want to run across you in a dark alley, but <laughs> you're on my side. You know, kind of thing. <laughs> so, um, it, it's just one of those things where I, you know, I'd much rather sit in the Jedi Temple than, you know, be in the barracks of some of the Twilight Squadron at this point. Let's I'll put it that way. Mm. So, I'd, ra- I'd rather dream about Padme. <laughs> <laughs> I think every one of those podcasts would rather dream about Padme. Oh, um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I think I mean I think that 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 story idea for these non-plucky rebel heroes was clearly mm-hmm. introduced in Rogue One too, right? Like and I wouldn't be surprised okay. if we see a lot of those types of characters in the Cassian show, right? Mm-hmm. These these folks right. who are in the rebellion because they are super angry and they just, you know, they want an excuse to beat up stormtroopers and you know, yeah. um and in some ways, I mean movements like this, I mean even historically speaking, sometimes just attract vicious people, um, right? Like, because, and it's just a justifiable way of being vicious, right? You know, mm-hmm. like, I mean, you look at the history of any war. I mean, even World War II, we always look at the atrocities of the Nazis, but hello, America had plenty, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. We always like to ignore our own because we were the victors, but we tortured and belittled millions, too. maybe not millions, but definitely tons of people as well. There were a lot of sociopathic American soldiers in every war. You know, mm. war brings out yeah. the worst in people. It's war. It's that's, about that's killing. Yeah. Killing. Any sort of desire to kill is such a warped sense of life. And I'm not yeah. saying that soldiers desire to kill. Some do. And that's messed yeah. up. You know? Um, you know no, so, but I hear, I hear what you're saying because, like, like, so much of Star Wars is about not fighting. You know? Right. Like, I mean, they're called Star Wars, yes, but yeah. I think George Lucas, you know, he's been very clear that he's anti-war. Yeah. You know? And he... And oh, he yeah. and, all of Star Wars is like, you know, when you fight, it corrupts you. Right. You know? Well, so, that's right. Like, so, that's, yeah, hear, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like Yoda says, like, the, you know, when at the end yeah. of Attack of the Clones, like, oh, without the clones, it wouldn't have been a victory. Dude, no. Yeah. You're looking yeah. at this completely wrong. Victory, you say? Mm-hmm. Master but then, Obi-Wan. But then at the same victory. <sighs> the Shroud of the Dark Side has fallen. Begun. The Clone War has all right sorry go ahead no i just think 
but then I think that's so cool that there's there is that nuance in Star Wars right. because you know the the Ewoks and the Gungans they're not bad for defending their home like you know we still got a grand army yeah. but that doesn't mean that you know the Gungans are corrupt or you know right. bloodthirsty or anything like that like you can defend your home right you know mm-hmm. but then but there's that difference between that offensive army that you know that battle will corrupt you and you know right. it it's a difference between fighting what you hate and saving what you love yeah yeah well yeah. And, and like yeah. again. And I, I appreciate the nuance of this this mm-hmm. reality that Mon Mothma, you know, severely cuts back the military after mm-hmm. Jakku, right? Like, well, we've won the war. We don't need this massive military, right? Like, it's a response to the fact that the Empire was constantly building their military, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, why are you constantly building up a military if not in some way to be an aggressor? Um, mm-hmm. And this is not like a this is not like a smacking on militaries. Militaries are extremely important. Just like and like I mean that's why I love that moment with Jar Jar. Right? Like he's proud of yeah. the fact that they are a warrior culture and they will fight for their survival. They will fight for their right mm-hmm. to live. Um, but they're not aggressors, right? No. Um, yeah. At least they don't oh, seem yeah. to be. Padme and, says that she's yeah. all like, despite our differences, Your Honor, our two peoples have always lived in peace. You know, right. the, the Gungans yep. are yeah. a warrior race, and the Naboo are peaceful, and yet they coexist. Yeah, like, exactly. Right. You know? Yeah. And then, of course, we get this this weird dichotomy with the Battlefront Two novel, mm. where we have Iden Versio and Inferno Squad mm-hmm. um, that are portrayed as noble. In some mm-hmm. senses, you know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, particularly, you know, Aiden and uh, Del Miko, you know, yeah. uh, are, are, are these noble characters. And ultimately, of course, in in the game, it, Battlefront 2 has been out for two years. I can say this, folks. Um, <laughs> they, they end up defecting to the rebellion, you know, right. they, yeah. they 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 leave the empire. So, you know, it. It's it's one of those very intriguing things where where we're getting this very dark end of the rebellion in one novel and then the the, the sequel novel, so to speak. And it's not necessarily a sequel um, in the sense that it's uh, you know directly related mm-hmm. in any way because they're separate stories entirely. But the sequel novel is about the the, the noble people in the empire. You know, it, mm-hmm. it's it's just an interesting dichotomy that that you know you got to work with sometimes in, in these novels and yeah. interesting. It, it's just very interesting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Something I, I don't normally think about because my mind is so often with the Jedi and, and, <laughs> and their struggles against fate and the dark side. And, and it's so much more black and white in that arena. Um, yeah, it's true. <laughs> and, and the, the common everyday soldier is slogging away in the shades of gray. And, and many of them are not in good places, even though they're fighting for right. the good guys, so to speak. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's I think cool. that, you know, actually, yeah. you just saying that, Jason, makes me think of why the Jedi are so immensely important to the the like overall mythology of Star Wars, just within that mm-hmm. world, right? You think of just the beginning of Force Awakens without the Lord Santaka, without the Jedi, there can be no balance in the Force. Yeah, right. Yeah. This idea that like of you know, and here's what's interesting. Like, I love the way you. I love that that term plucky. Like that's so perfect, yeah. Jason, for like the way to describe like the rebel soldiers. Even thinking to like some of the old legends EU, like they're always plucky characters, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, like, look like, at the X Wing novels. You know, yeah. you got like everybody's just like a good and dude. Hobby and right. Wes, and it's, they're all joking around yeah. all the time. Yeah, like it's like war is fun, and it, 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 uh, that's that's not came out wrong, but it's right. Like this is all like a good time, right? Yeah, it's um, like they're playing and, tag in their yeah. backyard or something. And, and yeah. I've, I've thought about this a lot because I remember with some of the 
like specifically bloodline was the first time my like like little tentacles on my head went up and i was like hmm interesting because bloodline antenna like, and thank you. What did I say? Tentacles? Yeah, it's not a <laughs> tentacles. <laughs> but, um, but when I read Bloodline, I was like, wow, this is like some some parts of Bloodline that I really didn't like is it felt a little too close to home with some of the way they were playing the political stuff, right? I was like, mm-hmm. this is clearly Republicans and Democrats. Like, boom, you know, and they hate each other, you know. But what I will say is like Star Wars has always been a product of its culture, right? And I think like the 90s novels, like the 90s in American Grand, I was young, so it's hard to say, you know, what's different, you know, now as an adult person as opposed to a child. But yeah. in some small ways, like the 90s really just felt like a golden age. Like everything did seem okay. Like we weren't in any real serious wars. Like we were, our economy was doing fine. There was the like, internet boom. The internet, like, right. Yeah. Like um, <laughs> yeah. it just seemed like everything was okay. Um, and the things yeah. that weren't, we didn't know about, you know, like I mean, yeah. ask, but don't tell came out in the nineties, which while like it's intent yeah. was good, it is still kind of messed up, but like, it's pretty messed up. You know, yeah. <laughs> um, but like, but like all that messed up stuff was still kind of hidden. So mm-hmm. I say all that just to say that, like, of course the nineties legends novels were kind of just like plucky and fun and they were a yeah. reflection of our culture. Um, whereas mm-hmm. Star Wars now, which and I think this is what makes Star Wars immensely important, is because it is a it's still it's uh, constantly immersed in the culture, and we are getting these incredibly gray characters right from both sides, and oh, yeah. right and it, it's flushing out this idea of, of course the rebellion is full with like, filled with really broken people with lots of issues, right? Like, yeah, they're fighting for the good side, but like you said, Jason, I wouldn't want to be in a dark alley with them. So I just went on a tangent to say this, um, but I think that's why the Jedi are so darn important, right? Because the Jedi are representative of something deeper, right? They, the force is what redeems, right? Like the force mm-hmm. is this, re- it's the redemptive force of star Wars, right? Um, that, that kind of moves things. Um, and it's that, I, it's I just, that ideal to live up to in a yeah, way that I, right? yeah, like, ideal, like, yeah. like, look at the way Ray's fascinated when she hears right. that Luke Skywalker is a real person. And then to hear mm-hmm. that it's all true from Han Solo, right? Like yeah. the way she just, but, and even Finn, like the way the two of them just light up that these legends are true. Oh, right? That's like, exactly it. When know, Ray says the galaxy may need a legend. Exactly. You know, we need that. We need yes. that that ideal to live up to we exactly. need to think that we can be better and and, and again know? as much as i don't like it as a closing scene that scene with the kids <laughs> is fantastic though right it's this mm-hmm. beautiful moment of you know this story calling people out to be something so much more right like the jedi yeah. are such an integral part of the star wars mythology that this is what the world looks like without them and if mm-hmm. you don't mind i'm going to give just like a really quick like biblical comparison um, there's so, like the, specifically the book of Genesis, um, which is probably the most ridiculously fun book in the, <laughs> in the Bible, in my opinion, because it's literally nothing more than family soap opera. Um, oh my God. And yes. How, how dis, you know, how disgusting and warped things come. And whenever that happens, there's always a huge thing that's missing. God, God is not a part of the story when these things are happening. And it's basically it's the, the authors are telling us this is what happens when we don't consult our higher, like the, the, our highest ideal, if you will. And, I'm, and again, mm. I'm not trying to imply people need to believe in God, but right. Like within even like the language of scripture, whenever God is not present within stories, that's when things are falling apart. But yeah. it's the like, right. Like you need that spirit to to move people yeah. to something deeper and i feel like that's what star wars is like in in the sense of the jedi and the force right they mm-hmm. without them in the story everything is kind of broken 
right? Like, they have no heroes. Well, yeah. I mean, there's heroes in the resistance, of course, but they sure. have, no, yeah, they don't have those heroes, those legends to yeah. look up to, so, you know? Yeah. What a yeah. great point, yeah. Jason. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it just, <laughs> and it does like it shows and, and like, I know for myself, like I, I want those Jedi stories, like from mm-hmm. between yes. six and seven, and I do. Th- I mean, we're definitely going to get them, especially after nine. Um, after but, nine, after nine, yeah. it's no all bets are off. After <laughs> yeah. nine, I think they're just going to be all like Jedi content all yeah. the time. But like yes. even like my, my my I think my favorite, it's right up there as one of my favorite stories in the new in the new canon is just that. And again, it, whether they're all true or legends. But that, yeah. that you know the, the collection of Luke Skywalker stories. It's yes. so good. they're so fun, <laughs> and like like you, Jason. Like obviously, I, I love I'm the Force and the Jedi, and like that's such a huge part of of mm-hmm. Star Wars. Um, but uh, yeah, like uh, like they need to be there because if not, these yep. broken characters have they don't have that thing that. Mm-hmm. Mm, like the, uh, that, that, it's like that thing that pulls the them out of yeah that that yeah. hope exactly like Jedi. Oh God, my, oh, it's probably like top five favorite quotes in Star Wars is <laughs> that episode of Clone Wars when on the you know the gathering when they go to Ilum and Yoda says the mm-hmm. Force made visible a Jedi is right yeah. like so without the Jedi like right, we've had this discussion we've we had this discussion when Sartage was on the, a while back you know can. And, and obviously it's a question that's presented in Last Jedi with Luke, right? Like, you know, mm-hmm. that light, that force that's within you, like, that doesn't belong to the Jedi, which yeah. is in part definitely true, right? Like, mm-hmm. the force will exist with or without the Jedi. And that's actually that's actually a quote in the Revenge of the Sith novel. Read it. Um, <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> but uh, I haven't talked about that in a long time, Jason. Um, but the Revenge of the Sith novel, like, it's towards the end of the book where Obi-Wan and Yoda are having a, a conversation. And basically Yoda says, like, even if the Jedi Order dies out, like, we never stop being Jedi. We never stop bringing the force into the galaxy. And I, and I love that notion that like, yes, the Jedi certainly you don't need the Jedi for the force, but they are such an integral part of it. Right. Um, and clearly like that's Luke's journey in last Jedi is he, he comes around to understanding that that is indeed true, that he does live up to the legend that Ray knows he is right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and even he, you know, gives the the impression, the the idea that the Jedi will continue because you know he tells Kylo, and yeah. I will not be the last Jedi. You know, oh, I love it. Yeah. I love it so much. Oh, and then so that's good. when we cut back to Ray, and the rocks are all floating, and yeah, yes. oh. um, <laughs> that good choir music, yes, oh. yes. chorus. Oh. So yeah, no, it, it, and it's you're. That's totally right, and I do hope we get to see that resurgence of the Force, the yes. resurgence of the Jedi. Yeah. It's such an important oh, yeah. part of Star Wars. Uh, I love how we started talking about you know soldiers in the trenches and still ended up talking about you know, the Jedi. <laughs> obviously, yeah. obviously, they we need was gonna, them. yeah, we gunsta uh, talk about the Jedi. We gunsta, <laughs> gunsta. Yes, that's a word now. Yeah. Um, according to the Katie Horn International Dictionary, gunsta is a word. Get your copy now. Get- <laughs> <laughs> the dictionary is available on Twitter. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you know what? I think I think this is a great place to to, to wrap this up. Um, and I'm happy saving my thoughts for another day. Um, All right. Oh yeah, you should read read Most Wanted, and then we'll just do like an entire like Han Solo Kira episode. It'll be amazing. Yeah. Well, yeah. so I, I'll just tell you right now. I wanted to talk about Han as the unrefined hero. 
Um, oh, cool. So I just got super. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, obviously just... tweeted about this when I was watching Solo for like my 28th time. Um, God, I love that. You movie. Get super deep into the unrefined coaxium. Yeah, and how I the that was so cool. Yeah, I just, dude, that symbolism it blew my mind. Yeah, I, and I like in all the times I'd watch it, it just like for, for some reason that night, I was just like, it just hit me just right where he's like, "What about unrefined?" And it's like, "Yes," because that's Han. Han is unrefined but valuable, right? Mm-hmm. So, ugh, and, I, and I, so I had a lot of thoughts about that, but I, I'll share them on another day. Um, I'm so all right, sorry, well, no, it's, it's, I don't yeah. care. It's fine. I, I think this is. I think this sort of powwow format is a great idea. I do we should too. definitely do it again. Yeah, and I think we will. Uh, yeah. I think we will. Like, I feel like that'd be a really fun New Year's Eve episode. Oh, cute. Yes. <laughs> you know, um, I love it. So you two be formulating other ideas for then um, or continuations of your ideas from now. So, <laughs> Raylo, um, too. Yeah. <laughs> but that way we got a little bit of it. We got a little bit of everything. So I loved it. This we was do. so much fun. Yeah. Um, yes. And yes. I appreciate continuing to learn from you, Katie. Like, I just oh, love your deep yeah. knowledge for this stuff that I know nothing about. And this is uh, in the same way that I fell in love with Jason that day at fan days. Cause he has such a deep knowledge for the parts of star Wars that I don't know as well. So do you. Yeah, and I, I love, I, I just, I love talking this stuff with you guys. And I love learning oh, from both of you. It's yes. so much fun. Yeah. Oh, same. Absolutely. I always, I always learn something new from you guys as well. That's uh, what makes this fun. <laughs> I know it really it is. Mm-hmm. Um, it so totally is. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, so and yeah, like we're going to do this again in, in a couple of weeks. Cause why not? This was a blast. <laughs> yeah. And and oh god, I love it. And I'll have some more thoughts probably about the unrefined hero by then anyway. So right. Definitely. Oh, definitely. <laughs> He'll have watched solo about four more times at Easily. least in, before we Easily. get to the end of the year. God, He's watching it right now, actually. Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> like, Carl, keep looking it's down. actually <laughs> he has it the whole uh, thing burned into the back of his eyelids, so he yes. watches it in his sleep. Um, <laughs> oh god, I love that movie. Um, which, you know, real quick, just based on like what we just closed out the discussion with and your point there, Jason, about the, the soldiers in the trenches and not having the force directly talked about. I'm still so surprised how much I love Solo because it's literally the first Star Wars movie without one mention of the force. Right. Um, like it's literally not in there. Oh, I okay. guess that's not true. Oh, I guess you're right because Mel does use the force. To I was going to say. I, I know. Like, that's true. <laughs> um, but it's not like in any way a driving part of the no. story. Right. Um, not. So. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and actually, also, and again, I can save this too, but it also had me thinking about this idea of luck, right? Like Han only puts his faith in luck, mm-hmm. but how much is luck actually the, the will of the force for Han? You know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another day. Another day. In my experience, yeah, there's such it. thing as luck. Yes. Um, but anyway, yeah, no, no, no. no. So before I, before I get, you know, get all excited and just jump into the damn hole, um, we, should, we should wrap this up. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so... Uh, We've got a poll for next episode we do um and we are actually going to have a, a a a patreon supporter on next week um which katie was the again the first ever to do it um <laughs> and thank god she decided to join full force um yes. but uh you know um we are going to be talking about the will of the force uh, next week's episode with uh, uh our, our buddy and supporter bobby gordon another english fellow just like sartosh so yes. um I just I'm just gonna be soaking up his accent the entire time. Um <laughs> but uh so in light of that, the fact that we will be talking about um the will of the force, we want to know what your favorite force power is. 
So yeah, it can be oh, from anything cool. too. It can be from novels. It can be from video games, movies, whatever. What is your favorite force power? We're not putting any limits on this one, although I, I'm going to say my, I definitely know my favorite, and it is definitely in the movies. So, um, <laughs> mine is mine is uh, touching hands, you know, in the middle of the <laughs> night, and then Luke comes in and he's all like, "Hey, hey, hey cut that's it off." <laughs> I don't okay. see room for the Holy Spirit. <laughs> so. <laughs> 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 Luke's like not in my house. Yeah, no. yeah, six inches apart until there's a ring room. on those Holy hands. Spirit. No touching. <laughs> not touching. Um, oh, oh my that's gosh. the best force power. Yeah, oh, I love it. <laughs> All right, um, but Carl, if people want to weigh in on our matchup, or if they just have any other thoughts that they've been thinking, or want to comment on any of our thoughts in this episode, where can people do that? Well, of course, they can do that um, on Twitter. Um, so you can follow us on Twitter at Wampas Lair. Um, also, find us on Facebook at Wampas Lair Podcast. You can always email us like Jeremy did with that great question to kick off this episode. Thank you again, Jeremy, for the question. Um, uh, you can email us at wampaslairpodcast at gmail.com. And we do have a Patreon page. So if you'd like to support the show there, um, head over to patreon.com slash podcast. and one last plug if you haven't written, written an iTunes review for us we'd really appreciate it it's been a little while again since we've gotten one again it just really helps make the show more visible in the iTunes store so if you haven't yet if you could just take a few moments to do that we'd really appreciate it and Katie you have some of the greatest insights both hilariously and deeply on the Twitterverse where can folks follow you? oh you guys can find me at pohotdameron on Twitter Yes. Be sure to check out her her incredibly amusing and often deep uh, Twitter feed. So <laughs> come find out all about the last Jedi. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes. It. And continue your Raylo convos. Yes. Oh, at me with your favorite Raylo content. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> all right. Anything else before we close this episode down? Mm, no. That'll do it. Stick stay stay tuned for episode twelve of a new hope. Radio drama. <laughs> yes. Radio drama coming up. But that's it for us. Thank you everyone so much for listening to this episode of the Wampus Lair Podcast. This has been episode number three hundred and twelve. Deploy the fleet. For Carl and Katie, I'm Jason, and we will see you next time here in the Wampus Lair. Episode 12, The Case for Rebellion. time ago in a galaxy far, far away, there came a time of revolution when rebels united to challenge a tyrannical empire. 
in the rebellion's greatest crisis, the Empire unleashed its ultimate weapon, the Death Star, a huge space-going fortress capable of destroying entire planets. An oddly met group of rebels have managed to penetrate to the heart of the Imperial stronghold and escape with information that may hold the key to victory. But disaster looms too as the Death Star dogs their track, intent on pursuing them to the hidden rebel base and obliterating the Rebel Alliance forever. Are the rebels well on their way, Vader? Their starship just engaged our sentry fighters and fought her way clear. They're about to make the jump to light speed. Indeed. What uh, were our losses? I withdrew all except four TIE fighters from that defensive zone to make the rebels escape more plausible. Mm. All four of our pilots were killed. These traitors to the Empire are formidable opponents. We're fortunate that they themselves weren't slain. It's a pity about the casualties, but they are no great sacrifice to make in return for a lead to the rebel base. An insignificant price. You're sure the homing device is secure aboard their ship? I'm taking a considerable risk in allowing them to escape, Vader. Your plan had better work. Rest assured, we will follow the rebels to their base and eliminate them. Mm. It disturbs me that the Death Star plans are still in that droid of theirs. There was no alternative, Governor Tarkin. The rebels would not have returned to their base without the plans. Besides, they may already have been duplicated. Flushing the R2 unit's memory system would be no guarantee of security. As you say. Well, Motty? The homing device is transmitting a perfect signal, sir. What are your orders? Follow it, Motty. And have all personnel placed on standby alert. We are about to wipe another planet out of existence. The Rebels' base world. Then, the galaxy is ours. Untangle from all these wires. Okay, come on. Sir, I really cannot thank you enough. Yeah. Oh, be careful, Artu. How'd you get into this anyway? During our engagement with the Imperial fighters, when the ship was being jolted by cannon fire, I was propelled into all those exposed control elements. Right, you should have sat tight. I was attempting to assist Artu in extinguishing a minor fire, sir. Oh, that's so. Well, you two are pretty handy to have around here, after all. Thank you, sir. But I must say that battle didn't do our circuitry any good at all. Well, don't knock your luck. We cancelled all four of those TIE fighters. You're right, of course, sir. But uh, pardon me for asking, but where is Master Luke? Uh, he's looking over some minor damage for me. He'll be along in a second. Oh, shall Artem and I go... You do whatever you feel like. I gotta get up to the cockpit. <laughs> well, Artem, perhaps we'd better investigate my circuitry damage. Can you get lateral controls back, Chewbacca? Me and him can do anything with this ship except Luke's sister. Okay, partner, I'll take over here. You run aft and see what you can do about the laterals. We can get by on auxiliaries for now. And get those droids to help. Well, not a bad bit of rescuing, huh? You know, sometimes I even amaze myself. Doesn't sound too hard. Look, use your head. 
The Imperials let us get away. It's the only possible explanation for the ease of our escape. Easy? You call that easy? They're tracking us now. Uh, not this ship, sister. Oh, you are impossible. Well, at least R2-D2 is still intact. What's so important about the droid? What's he carrying? The technical readout to that battle station. Oh, I only hope that when the data are analyzed, a weakness can be found. Well, listen, if you're so afraid we're being tracked, we'll lay over someplace. There's no time. If the Empire isn't stopped, other planets will be destroyed as Alderaan was. That's why I've got to risk going directly to the Rebel base. Look, I ain't in this for your revolution, and I'm not in it for you, Princess. I expect to be well paid. I'm in it for the money. You needn't worry about your reward. When you get us to our destination, you'll receive it. Well, don't you think it'd help if you told me where we're going? The fourth moon of the planet Yavin. That's where the base is. And you can go do whatever you like. Money is all you love, then that's what you'll receive. Oh, oh Luke. Princess? Your friend here is quite a mercenary. I wonder if he really cares about anything. Or anybody. I do. I care. So, what do you think of her, Han? I'm trying not to, kid. Good. Hmm? Still, she's got a lot of spirit. I don't know, uh, do you think a, a princess and a guy like me, you know... Could... No! <laughs> where are we headed, anyway? At a fourth moon of someplace called Yavin. It's where all the idealists hang out, I Rebels sure picked themselves a planet in the middle of nowhere, didn't they? How are we doing, hon? Well, I don't know about you, but I'm doing fine. Well, that was Yavin we just ducked around. We're in the fourth moon's atmosphere now. Set down's in a couple of seconds. Did you transmit the recognition code I gave you? No. We decided to get blasted out of the sky. What do you think? Well, the place has a decent atmosphere. Mostly jungle, though. The landing zone's right over there by those temples. Looks like there's a reception committee coming out to meet us. If you'll open the hatch, we won't trouble you any further. I'll have the money brought out to you. If you don't mind, my partner and I will come along. Just to protect our investment, you understand? Anything, as long as you stop wasting my time. Come on, Luke. Uh, cash on delivery was the deal, if I recall right. What's the matter? Don't you trust us? Uh, nothing personal. We don't trust anybody. Uh, pardon me for asking, but have we arrived, Master Luke? Mm-hmm. This is it, 3PO. At last, a place of refuge. <laughs> With that Death Star on our trail, I'd set you straight, 3PO, but I'd hate to ruin your day. Just open the hatch. Oh, instantly, Your Highness. <laughs> uh, it's a jungle planet, all right. Let's go, Luke. 3PO, R2, come on. Come on, R2. After you, partner.
tremendous. Temples look like they're a million years old. Some fortress. Princess Leia. Your Highness, we hope to you. Commander Willard is waiting to greet you all. Well, thank you. These droids have to come, too. The R2 unit is carrying vital information. Of course. Take these droids to the speeder and help them aboard. But, Master, will you become Don't well, worry, we... 3PO. It'll be all right. Your Highness, if you could follow me to the speeder, we can take you directly to Commander Willard. Your rebellion's got some great equipment, Princess. No heavy combat ships at all. And every one of those snub fighters is older than you are. Someday you'll learn that it's people and not things that decide history. <laughs> you better teach that to the Empire first. That's the whole idea, Han. Leia! Princess Leia! Commander Willard! Oh, Leia, oh. you're safe. We feared the worst. Welcome, all of you. Thank you. <laughs> is General Kenobi with you? We'd had word that you were to contact him. Obi-Wan Kenobi has been killed, Commander. He gave his life in a diversionary action so that the rest of us could escape the Death Star. Hush, Chewie. That's sad news indeed. When we heard about Alderaan, Your Highness, we were afraid that you were lost along with the others. It was a terrible calamity. I'm afraid we haven't time for our sorrows, Commander. We are being tracked here by the Death Star. We were allowed to escape so that we could lead them here. The technical data on the battle station is stored in the memory system of the R2 unit. We must use them to plan an attack. It's our only hope. We are badly unprepared for pitched battle, Your Highness. Perhaps we should evacuate instead. Smart boy. Oh, will you two stop clowning? There isn't time. Commander, if we fail to stop the Death Star now, other planets will be annihilated. Then you're right. We have no choice but to fight. Take the R2 unit to the Tex for special information retrieval. Yes, Commander. Princess Leia. Pardon me, but might I go along with R2? Of course, Vivian. <laughs> have that information brought to the briefing room as soon as it's retrieved. Yes, sir. We can wait for it there. This way, Your Highness, gentlemen. Our main problem here is personnel. We're desperately lacking pilots, trained or otherwise. Yes, so I've heard. But now, what of you, Your Highness? Our last word of you was that you'd intercepted the Death Star data transmissions. My ship was attacked by an Imperial cruiser over Tatooine. Imperial stormtroopers boarded us. Then, after Alderaan was... was destroyed, the Grand Moff Tarkin ordered me executed. Executed? Yes. I was waiting in my cell when the door opened and in stepped this man right here. Commander Willard, meet Luke Skywalker. Young man, this is more of a pleasure than you can imagine. <laughs> Even if we'd known the princess's whereabouts, I doubt that we could have mounted an operation to get her out. Uh, well, actually, it was sort of <clears throat> improvised. All the more to be admired. The ability to think on one's feet isn't common. Well, uh, Han and Chewbacca here had as much of a hand in it as I did, and so did Ben Kenobi. Yeah. Han... Mm. Oh, oh yes, your, your captain and uh, his friend here. Uh, sir, allow me to congratulate Why don't we just skip the formalities? I'm going to push ahead to the important part of the princess's story. That planet killer is on its way here, and personally, I don't plan to stick around and get reacquainted. Oh, I don't quite follow you. Oh, you'll live a whole lot longer if you do, believe me. Look, I got dragged into this mess. I'm just a guy with a starship for hire. I was promised payment, and I want it. Han. The rest of you can do whatever you want, but I kept my end of the bargain. Now you keep yours, Princess. Uh, Princess Captain Leia, Solo I... may have no morals whatsoever, Commander, but he's right. Both Luke and I promised him payment for his and Chewbacca's help in this matter. Very well. I see I misjudged you, Solo. Oh, I'll cry later. Right now, I'll settle for cash. Uh, in small used notes, if you got it. This is a rebel camp. We're hunted people with, with very little imperial currency among us. Oh. Uh, well, your tech facilities must have stocks of precious metals. Yes. Well, they'll do. But that's critical material. 
We need those medals for repairs to keep our weapons and equipment functioning. Look, I lived up to my end of a deal. Now you live up to yours. Even a rebel alliance has to do business with us independents from time to time. If I put the word out that you're a bunch of swindlers... Commander, see that he's paid, please. Not all your stocks, but whatever you can possibly spare. Very well, Your Highness. It won't be wealth unlimited, Solo, but it ought to satisfy even you. What do you say, Chewie? <laughs> okay, box it up for us and we'll be on our way. It will take some time to have it measured out and put into containers. Well, make it fast. That Death Star is not going to stop to chat once it gets here. Any place I could clean up a little while I'm waiting? Oh. There's a basin in the pilot's ready room down that corridor. You'll have it all to yourself. Come on, Chewie. Sing out when you're ready. I can't believe it. I know he always talks tough, but I thought when it came right down to a decision... Well, the man's amoral, no conscience at all. No, Commander, you don't know him like I do. He may be stubborn about a lot of things, but inside... Look, you heard, Han. He's made up his mind. Let me talk to him, Princess. I know I can bring him around. Guys, from now on, partner. I keep your pelt on. Once we get out of this place, we'll be able to afford a nice long rest. On? Oh. What now? Hey, they're not trying to back out of the bargain, are they? Will you stop being so suspicious of the whole galaxy? I told them I'd come and talk to you. I told them I could change your mind. Well, then you fit, kid. This ain't my fight. But don't you think it will be when the Empire takes over? You think the men that built the Death Star are going to leave people like you and Chewbacca alone? Well, if we mind our own business. Well, stop lying to yourself. Be careful, Luke. Now, what are you going to do? Sit here and hold the princess's hand while the Death Star turns this whole planet into a gas cloud? Look, I... Commander Willard said they need pilots. I'm going to volunteer. What? <laughs> Luke! Do you know what I saw when I was getting us out of that battle station? I don't care. Besides what all the cannon and missile tubes and that big planet killer, it's got fighter bays. Lots of them. And those Imperial pilots are pros. I know it'll be dangerous. And do you happen to know what a green pilot's life expectancy is in combat? Huh? A minute or so. At least I'll try. What about you? You and Chewbacca and the Millennium Falcon could make all the difference. On your crap pilot, a veteran, why can't you Because just... I used up my time. Or long ago. I see. You only think you do. You won't help us then. Look, I did what I could, but that's the limit. I'm not dying over somebody's cause. Others will. Others have. Others. You're talking about the old man, aren't you? Ben. Right. Ben said there was more to you than you wanted to admit. Well, then he was as crazy as you are. I'm still raising shit. The least you could do is leave the metals behind. These people need everything they can lay their hands Those on. Those metals would only be blown away with the rest of the place. With me, they'll do somebody some good. But you could keep that from happening. You could stay and fight. Oh, look, me and Chewie finally have made our pile. Our luck's turned good, and I'm not going to question it. So that's why you're afraid. Afraid? Listen, that little stroll through the Death Star was light exercise. We've been through scrapes it. Oh, never mind. Just don't talk to me about afraid. Well, I guess there's nothing more to talk about then. Well, and this ain't even a risk. It's a sure thing. This place won't even be here an hour or two from now. So why should we stick our necks out? Maybe to give your life some meaning, Han. Yeah? Well, who asked you? Huh? 
You, you see a towel around here somewhere? No, no, no. Oh, my shirt will do. John, are you sure you won't reconsider and uh, join us? Great. Now you. Look, forget about me. I've made my decision. You want to do somebody a favor? Luke's going to volunteer to fly a fighter. Luke? Go talk him out of it. Go save his life. I don't need to. Luke's made the right decision. What about you? I've had my fill of playing hero, thanks. It's a sucker's game. That's your final word? You better go say goodbye to Luke, princess. That right decision's gonna be the last one he ever makes. Sir, I was told to report here for flight... Sir! He Whoa. calls me, sir. Big, <laughs> big dark lighter. Hey, what are you doing? How are you doing? Good to see you. What are you doing here? Well, that's my line. I was the one who went off to join the rebellion, remember? <laughs> hey, you, you're supposed to be back on Tatooine. <gasps> oh, boy, Biggs, have I got some stories to tell yeah, you. I'll bet you do. The whole base is talking about the new arrivals. Smugglers, <laughs> droids, and a renegade princess. <laughs> you got here in some strange company, but you got here. I told you I'd throw in with the rebels one day, didn't I? Luke, I never doubted you for a second. <laughs> I know you too. Too well. Now, what's this about testing? What? Oh, uh, Commander Willard sent me. I volunteered when he said you're short of pilots. Desperate's more like it. <sighs> well, you know how good I was with the T-16 back home. Look, we're sending up pilots with less experience than you. And T-16s are a lot like the snub fighters we're using. I know, I looked one over. I'm sure I could handle it. Uh, but there hasn't been much time or fuel for training, and there's none to spare for testing you. Besides, we couldn't risk losing a ship. Oh. Well, I... I understand. <laughs> no, no. What I meant was is that I'll have to test you here, in this flight simulator. Oh, all right. Well, hop in. Okay. Okay, I'm going to run a full combat simulation, Luke. Now, buckle in tight. You're going to be pulling realistic G-forces. Check. All set, Biggs. Close her up. And good luck. Okay, Luke. Here you... Attack sequence. Now. First attacker. Destroyed. Good. Second. Direct hit. Very good. Third. Yep. Excellent. All right. Let's see how you do against increased G-forces, buddy. Not bad. Go get him, Luke. Not bad at all. Wow! Woohoo! What a ride! How'd I do, Biggs? A lot better than most of the guys who were going on this next mission, I'll tell you that. <laughs> but I have to show your test results to Commander Willard, Luke. Oh, sure. Now, you wait here. I'm going to go over... Oh, uh, pardon me. Oh, no, it's my fault, really. Oh, a big dark lighter of Tatooine? Meet Princess Leia Organa of Alderaan. Oh. Your Highness, this is my best friend. Uh, uh, pleased to meet you, uh, Your Highness. And you, Biggs, Luke's spoken of you. Well, uh, I have to go. Uh, th that is... Uh, pardon me. <laughs> How'd the flight test go, Luke? Well, he has to check it out with Commander Willard, but it looks like I made it. Oh, well, aren't you going to congratulate me? I spoke with Han. He wouldn't change his mind. I know. And he said that that I should talk you out of flying a fighter. 
I said that you'd made the right decision. You don't sound very sure. Luke, you've never flown in combat before. Well, neither have some of the others. Biggs is fresh out of the academy. But he and the others have been training. Well, you're looking at the hottest gully jumper on Tatooine. Bush piloting isn't the same as combat flying. Luke, you've done so much for the Rebellion already. Nobody would blame you if you didn't go on this mission. I just wanted you to know that. Leia, thank you. But it's what I want. So much depends Skywalker, on Skywalker? Sir? Biggs here just showed Commander Willard and me your test results. And? You only got killed twice. Oh. Cheer up. That's surprisingly good. Since Biggs was tossing the whole Starfleet at you. <laughs> you know the techniques? Your body can stand the strain. Uh, looks like you got yourself a bird. I have? Yeah, and I'm your wingman. <laughs> Welcome to Red Flight. Thanks. You'll be Red 5, Luke. Biggs is uh, Red 3. Oh, together again, hotshot. <laughs> Let's go, Luke. Biggs, uh, mission briefing starts uh, now. Uh, uh, your, your Highness, if you'll excuse us. Of course. Luke? Yes? I'll see you before you leave. Fine. Hey, look, uh, let's get a seat, Luke. The show's about to start. Right, Biggs. May I have your attention? Uh, we have analyzed our new information and formulated our attack strategy. Please direct your attention to the screen. This is the Death Star. Now, this battle station is heavily shielded and carries a firepower greater than that of half a Starfleet. Its defenses are designed, as you can see, around the concept of a direct large-scale assault. But small one-man fighters should be able to penetrate its outer defenses. Pardon me for asking, General Dodona, but what good are snub fighters going to be against that? Well, the Empire doesn't consider a small fighter to be any threat, or they'd have a tighter defense. But an analysis of the design plans provided by Princess Leia has demonstrated a weakness in the battle station. Now watch this enlarged view carefully. The approach for your attack run will not be easy. You're required to maneuver down this trench in the station structure and skim the surface to the point you're seeing now. This target area is only two meters wide. Now the target, the target is a small thermal exhaust port right below the main port. The shaft leads directly to the Death Star's reactor system. A precise hit down this shaft will strike the reactor and start a chain reaction which should destroy the entire station. Now, I cannot stress too strongly the point that only a precise hit will reach the bottom of the shaft and strike the reactor. The thermal port is ray-shielded, so you'll have to do this job with photon torpedoes. That shot is impossible, even for a targeting company. But it's not impossible. I used to bullseye womp rats in my T-16 back home. They're not much bigger than two meters. Yeah, and were the womp rats shooting at you with turbo laser cannon? Oh, huh? uh, gentlemen, gentlemen, gentlemen. Now, we've just gotten word that the Death Star has entered this solar system. It is orbiting the planet Yavin now. And we'll be within firing range of this moon in just over 30 minutes. 30 minutes. Now, man your ships and may the force be with you. Look, Biggs, go shoot up, then meet me in the hangar area. Right away, sir. Hey, come on, hotshot. Hey, aren't those two the ones who came in with you? Where? 
Oh, yeah. Han? Chewbacca? Hello, kid. Me and Chewie just dropped by to watch the fun. Our pay is almost ready. So, you really went and signed on? That's right. Oh, Big's Darklighter? I want you to meet Han Solo. And that's his partner, Chewbacca. Big's a hometown hero, huh? Luke talked about you. You're on the team, too? Yes. And you? Not a chance. Me and my friend have places to go and things to do. So do we. I know all about it. Let's go, Chewie. Best of luck, hometown heroes. You're gonna need it. What was all that about, Luke? I'll explain later. All might for the magazines. All might for the magazines. Let's go. The rebels are now committed to a desperate stand against the Death Star. The battle station rushes towards them. Its commander determined to wipe the Rebel Alliance out of existence. In the next 30 minutes, Luke Skywalker and everything and everyone he cares about will know triumph or disaster. Star Wars, Episode 12 by Brian Daly, based on characters and situations created by George Lucas. Featured in the cast were Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker, Anthony Daniels as C-3PO, James Blendick as General Dodonna, Cale Brown as Biggs, David Clennon as Mati, Keen Curtis as Tarkin, Perry King as Han Solo, Brock Peters as Darth Vader, and Anne Sachs as Leia. The series was directed by John Madden, with sound mixing and post-production by Tom Vigley. Music by John Williams. Sound design for Lucasfilm by Ben Burt. Story editor for the series was Lindsay Smith. Casting and production coordination by Mel Sarr. Executive producer was Richard Toskin. Executive producer for Lucasfilm was Carol Teitelman. <laughs>